0: I see that the device works properly. Then release me. I
1: don't much doubt it. You see, before you reactivated it, I reversed the polarity of the neutron flow. What you
2: realize what will happen.
1: Oh yes. you? Well, I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the
0: TARDIS should be free of the force field now.
1: And welcome to Reversing Polarity, a Doctor Who fancast where this week we are hurtling rapidly towards sixty-five million years ago, and I'm very concerned that I'll never find out if I was right. Um, <laughs> oh, why, why would you start us off like that? <laughs> um, my name is Rosie. My pronouns are they/them. My name is Aim. My pronouns are also they/them. And we um, have oh, we have a very special guest this episode. <laughs> Who is?
0: I am Naomi, and my pronouns are she/her.
1: Hell yes. Hello, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, it's good to be here.
1: Would you like to, to big anything up early on in the episode?
0: I'm a book blogger and a sci-fi and fantasy nerd, and I'm on almost on the wrong side of 50. Um, and I'm way too old to be doing any of this.
1: Absolutely not. Bullshit. Absolutely not. <laughs> Bullshit. Sorry, I just got Oof. a message from my from my housemate. Yesterday I made her watch High School Musical with me Because she'd never seen it before And she hated it Fair. And she's just messaged me that someone next door Is singing High School Musical <laughs> <laughs> So if that ends up on the, on the, on the audio Oh my somehow, god, beautiful um, <laughs> I
3: mean, I made one of my closest friends Watch Mamma Mia for the first time last week oh, And oh yeah. they enjoyed it so much That we're watching Mamma Mia 2 tonight oh, nice. So that's good I
1: haven't seen Mamma Mia 2 actually Oh, I
3: cried buckets
1: valid valid uh,
0: I don't I think, think I've mean, actually seen the opinion. first one yet
1: It's if you like Abba which I it's do. a good time Yeah it's a good time Yeah Um so speaking of crying buckets though what serial did we watch for this episode Aim uh, we suffered through Earthshock oh! by
3: Eric Sayward <laughs> Definitely suffer <laughs> is the right verb Um which is it's one I've seen before it's the one that made me realize how protective I was of Adric <sighs> That's my baby um, boy Yeah um, have you seen it before?
0: The last time I watched Earthshock was when it was re-shown in 1982 as part of the Doctor and the Monsters um, series. So Ooh. it's... it's That's
3: quite a lot of time to pass between watching nearly it. Nearly
0: 40 years, yes. Nearly
3: 40 years? Wow.
0: I-, I watched it the first time it was broadcast and then re-watched it when it was re-shown later in the same year.
3: Is it one that's that stuck in your memory? Because I know that you were super keen to, to jump on Shark when I mentioned it as list of the f- options. It was
0: the first time I ever realised that the characters on TV could actually mean something to me. Oh. Um, oh. I'm not, without giving spoilers away, even though I know everybody knows how the series ends, uh, the yeah. story ends, um, it was the first time I'd seen something on TV that actually ripped my heart out.
1: Oh, yeah. Well baby Naomi. Yeah, can... yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you remember what else was shown in that like rebroadcast slot? Just because I'm very interested in the rebroadcast of Doctor Who generally before they started doing
0: VHSs. Genesis of the Daleks. That was another one that stuck in my mind because that was the first time I actually started to understand moral dilemmas.
1: Oh, interesting.
3: Um, and the Curse of Peladon. Oh yes. yes.
1: Oh my God. That is such a treat. <laughs> a banger. That's such a treat of a trio.
3: <laughs> it is. Good choices, whoever edited that one together. But
1: yeah, I actually hadn't seen Earthshock uh before. Yay. I have owned the DVD for probably god, like six or seven years, and every time I was like I should watch it, I was like, but it's sad So I didn't I, I haven't watched it until now. And I was right that it's sad. Um It's sad. And it's also very good.
0: It's heartbreaking.
1: Mm it's i think i think it's worth worth knowing
3: i think i went into it not knowing the ending the first time i watched it and it was because joel is a mean person and joel has showed me all of these episodes and yeah he's mean and allows me to be um surprised by it and then this time i was like oh no i know this makes me sad and it was kind of worse
1: we've sort of talked about the cultural perception of our sweet son adric before which is that a lot of people don't like him and so, as a child, I knew that. Well, okay, I knew what happened at the end of the serial. I also won't spoil it. Let's play into the k-fade. I mean, we'll get we'll, there. We'll play into the k-fade <laughs> that the listeners don't know what happened. Um, but
3: before we recap the entire story, yes, exactly.
1: When I found out about that, I remember going, "Oh, that's quite sad." <laughs> but I still never watched any serials with Adrican until I watched Castrovalva, and I was like, "Oh, that's my sweet little boy." <laughs>
3: I'm very protective of him. Nobody's allowed to hurt a hair on his hair. Yeah, I,
0: I, I was conflicted because I wanted to be Adric, but I also wanted to be Nyssa, but I also wanted Adric and Nyssa to be my friends.
1: <laughs> not
0: Tegan? Which for, which for, I wasn't that keen on Tegan, but <gasps> as I've grown older, I've come to appreciate the 80s power-dressing... Um. <laughs> New wave look, but back her. back then it was definitely Nyssa and Adric were the ones I really wanted to be my friends, and I didn't understand why, because I was only like nine or ten.
3: <laughs> I love them. Well, all right, shall we? Shall we jump into the? Recap? Absolutely, let's jump. All right so a conference to unite military powers against the Cybermen I don't know, the singular Cybermen a conference to <laughs> unite military powers against the Cybermen is taking place and the Cybermen plot to destroy the earth by crashing a space freighter into it the doctor must stop them whatever the cost oh that's just god. a really mean synopsis as it's well so good mean. god
1: <laughs> thanks Tardis wiki. it's like I, I mean ignoring the fact that a conference on whether to unite against the Cybermen is insane <laughs> <laughs> um, because the Cybermen as a like a pan-galactic threat feels quite low when there's about six Cybermen in this serial <laughs> um, it is a very fun premise that like there's some kind of political motivation for the Cybermen doing this as if they're like reading the newspaper every morning like I oh, know our approval rating is down a cup of down. tea <laughs> um, yes a cup of a cup who, of tea who would tea. do
3: monster polling
1: <laughs> they're trying to call them up on the phone just any monster um well,
3: that's um, who gov.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that is good. That is a good bit. Thank you. Thank
3: that's you. that is my contribution to society today.
1: Hell yeah. Um, yeah
3: um, Naomi, as we go through the recap, feel free just to like interrupt and butt in with your thoughts and reactions. Um, we are not massively structured. The structure is there, so we have a structure. Yes,
1: the structure is there, so that we can in- immediately destroy it. Um, Sounds yes. good. So, episode one, uh, we take these t- uh, summaries from TARDIS Wiki, and these ones were not too verbose, which is always nice <laughs> because sometimes they're very, I didn't very. Long. Long. I did have to spend two hours editing
3: them before I had Yeah. Um... I-, I
0: was looking at TARDIS Wiki over the last week, and it can be a little bit on the. a bit much sometimes
1: just a little bit yeah it's varied yeah so uh, lieutenant oh <coughs> lieutenant scott and his team climb <laughs> up a bleak hillside on earth escorting professor kyle to a camp set up by scott's team professor kyle is a very sexy wife i think i figured she'd be your type she's not she's my a, type she's a professor <laughs> <laughs> i love it um the scanning equipment at the campsite is directed at a cave to detect mammalian life forms. Kyle had been part of a scientific expedition investigating the caves for fossil remains, but the expedition has disappeared. The lack of reading suggests they are all dead. What a fun start to this Doctor Who episode.
0: Everybody's got. Yeah, yeah. you've got to have some death and destruction. Otherwise, there's no threat to overcome.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes we start with, like,. It's just bleak that they are immediately like, yeah, they're all dead. It's not even like a hope of rescuing them. (laughs) It's like we need to retrieve the bodies. Yeah,
0: I do remember Doctor Who getting quite dark at this point in its run.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. To the point that my sister stopped watching it completely. She was already terrified of the Daleks, but she stopped watching Doctor Who completely from what I remember at this point.
1: Well, apparently JNT was deliberately trying to reduce the amount of comedy. Um, but I feel like reducing comedy doesn't always mean increasing murders. <laughs> yeah. like, it's not like, Well, you've got to put something in its place. It's not like you're in like the Oblivion character creator where you're moving the sliders and as you move <laughs> one, the other one is moving the no, other way. No, that,
3: that's how you write. <laughs> but that's, you just put the settings in you and it's either the, comedy or death. You
1: open the Elder Scrolls Oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 all a dichotomy of jokes or deaths. Um,
3: Never both.
1: Indeed. Kyle's knowledge of the tunnels is necessary to direct Scott and his team into the caves to find out what happened, while two troopers remain outside to maintain a constant scan. As they investigate, the squad is being stalked by two dark figures. Ooh. Okay,
0: I, I, I already, I mean, even as a child, I already had a problem with this idea that they had the scanners that could pick up life forms moving around in the caves but they couldn't somehow use sonar to actually map the caves.
3: Excellent point. I mean, you know what funding is like in scientific (laughs) forums. It's probably
0: one or the
1: other.
3: They get the life science detector or they get the sonar.
0: (laughs) They don't get both.
3: Again, another binary slider. (laughs) Another binary (laughs) slider.
1: It's like Wait, why, you why need did, to, do, they you they need just to do your some funding bats? proposal, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we use the sonar it's thing," and they didn't realize that as they clicked the sonar, or it, un- well, it clicked the life signs reader, it unticked the sonar.
3: <laughs> I do like the use and bat suggestion.
1: Mm. You do have a very good point. Also, the fact that the life signs detector—I don't know if it's cat.
0: <laughs> yes, I have a cat that likes to join in. <laughs> hello. Should have warned you about this.
1: Welcome to the show. What's the cat's name? The Give cat's name is Shimmer. Oh, I love that. Hi, Shimmer. hello, Shimmer. Oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> I know we need to ignore the meowing, but oh my gosh. Do you want me,
0: do you want me to get rid of her, to put her no, out of the room? No, no. okay.
1: <laughs> I will just ignore the meowing from now on, now that I know that there is cats, cat. <laughs> I can edit it out of the audio and stuff. It's just so sweet. Um, oh God, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh yeah, no, I feel like the life science detector, it's not necessarily just a life science detector. It may well be that it is some kind of like... Um, Oh god, what word am I looking for? Like a spectroscope or whatever, where they detect things. Because isn't it just that they're not even like in the cave, as it turns out? Like they've just vanished. Am I misremembering yeah. that? It's been a week since I it. I think, I I think you're story. misremembering yeah, that likewise. bit. Oh, do they find all the dead bodies? They do. Yes. God, how do I how do I forget these things after one week? One week. Also, that High School Musical watching. <laughs> I watched it <laughs> once. Earthshock. And I didn't. Yep, even, that's enough. Honestly. Maybe I should log High School Musical again, but just make it for Earthshock, because they took Earthshock off the <laughs> box.
3: Yeah, please leave your review for Earthshock beneath High School Musical for Prosperity. That would be very, very
1: good. <laughs> I think that would be very, funny. Um, it's like how people have been doing it for Ted Lasso. Um, but yeah, uh, I What I wanted to say is surely this, the, the scope of some kind would detect that there are two metal androids following them around, although I guess if it's not pointed at them, they wouldn't
0: know. Um, Unless it's detecting mm. life signs, in which case, what what specific aspect of life is it detecting? Yeah, yeah. is it
3: a heartbeat, is it oxygen-based, is it heat-based? It's very it's much... It's,
0: it's not, obviously not detecting organic compounds, because it'd still be able to detect the remains.
1: Yeah, and the mm. Cybermen.
0: <laughs> Did I also mention I'm a bit of a geek?
1: Oh no, I love it, I love it. We <laughs> this is the energy we love in the States. We don't always get into plot holes, um... <laughs> on the podcast because sometimes we just don't notice them because we're so focused on like oh my god the, the, the doctor and the companions are so cute found yeah, family I'm mom. very much
3: a character person
1: but I like having the scientific angle but yeah um I don't know what they'd be detecting it's very much like JNT's whole thing that he wants it to look like cool sci-fi movies and stuff but then it doesn't necessarily interrogate like the mechanics of those systems <laughs> And, so and it, it was
0: the 80s, so yeah. intelligent sci-fi wasn't really a big thing at the time. There, there were exceptions, but most sci-fi of the time was very definitely B-movie schlock.
3: Excuse me, Star Trek For The Voyage Home is top-notch.
1: Didn't Alien yeah, that come was, out that in was, the late 70s?
0: Alien came out in the late 70s. As I said, there were exceptions to the rules. So there was yeah. Alien, there was a couple of Star Trek Aliens. movies that really <laughs> jumped out. Um <laughs> And, and prior to that, you'd had things like UFO and Blake 7 that really did <laughs> stand yes. out massively. Space but,
1: 1999.
0: But, be, but the vast majority of sci-fi was low-budget, B-movie-ish. Mm.
1: Mm, I feel like that's still true, to be fair. It's just that we don't it is, yeah. acknowledge it. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's like all sci-fi, 10% of it is like really, really good. And then the rest of it, I still adore fundamentally.
3: <laughs> but, I, was, I think I probably enjoy a lot of the
1: B-movie-esque
3: stuff. Oh, yeah. unironically. I mean,
1: as someone who recently watched, like, you know, I've been, I've just been watching a lot of, I, <laughs> maybe we, have, we haven't met before, we don't really know each other. I watch a lot of very low grade 80s horror movies.
0: That's a good um. thing. I've I've just started a BritBox subscription. I was looking at all the Hammer House stuff they've got on there.
1: Oh, mate, yeah, Hammer House of Horror is great.
0: I'm in Hammer House Heaven.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've realised that I actually really
3: enjoy watching horror stuff. I used to only be able to read it and now I can watch it, so I need to start digging into yes, that. Yes,
1: just a few weeks ago, I made Ugh. AIM watch The Thing 982, by which I mean AIM suggested that we should watch The Thing 982 Because together. I knew it would make you happy. It made me so happy.
0: <laughs> the John Carpenter's and one.
1: The John Carpenter yeah. one, yes.
3: It's really fucking so good. good.
0: It's it's good. Who knew absolutely that The Thing fantastic. was really good?
3: It's so good. Um, I think having seen that film has actually improved my experience of a the internet and b the world. So thank you.
1: Thank you Naomi for also understanding the sheer quality of the film. Big ninety I've been working through all the carpenters. This this recording is going to go too long if we don't get back to talking about (laughs) the sort of. Yes. Meanwhile in the TARDIS, Adric begins arguing with the Fifth Doctor about the lack of attention and respect he receives compared to Tegan or Nyssa. Finally! Well, he's right and he should, he's say, right it. And he should yeah,
0: say it. Yeah, he, 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 he was the red stepchild of the series. He really was. Yeah. And, and th- this is the writers basically putting the fans' opinions into Adric's mouth.
1: Yeah. It's very interesting stuff, really. It all kind of... Um... It's all very sad, and the doctor like realizes and apologizes, and you're like, "Oh my god!" <sighs> and,
0: and it shows the strength of Matthew Waterhouse that he carried on playing oh, the character, honestly. even though he knew that the fans really did not like the character.
3: Yeah, and it really, yeah. th- I, oh man! And he was so young at the time as well. Yeah. I think we looked up, and he was early twenties, but still really young, especially if you've not been in the public eye before. Yeah,
1: God, <sighs> poor kid. Poor kid. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Finally, he declares that he wishes to return to his species' new home planet of Terradon, which the Doctor loudly proclaims is not possible. Yeah, we covered uh, Adric's home planet in Full Circle, and they had to leave for reasons I don't remember because Full Circle is not very memorable. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, but he's from did have the same director as Earthshot. oh ah. so that's that's a nice little bit of Full Circle. Yeah. For oh you. my
1: god, aim. <laughs> Um, but yeah he's from Alzarius and he's going to go to Pterodon and the Doctor can't go because they would need to find the CVE again and go through to e-space which is really dangerous Um, and he has an argument with Adric about it and Adric goes off to moodily do some maths about it (laughs) I love him, Um, I love how much maths he does very this story plot relevant mathematics that's part
0: of the reason why I liked Adric as a character because I was a bit of a maths geek myself
1: yeah mm. he has his badge for ma- mathematical excellence and you're like oh my god Adric <laughs> <laughs> oh, he deserves the world he does now I'm trying to remember where my badge for mathematical excellence is <laughs> it's somewhere
3: it's it not on your podcast
1: no thing. I needed to find it to put shelf. it on my podcast shelf but unfortunately I could not find it um Scott's squad splits into two groups, but a strange jangling sound comes over the communication system and one group ceases contact. Outside, a flare appears on the outside scanner. Walters and Snyder, who remained outside- There's a lot of wo- use of the words outside in this paragraph. <laughs> yeah see more life forms appear on the scanner, the TARDIS crew, which have just landed in the caves. Scott instantly assumes that the newcomers must be responsible for the deaths, especially when he is informed that one of the new life signs shows two heartbeats, because he's a xenophobe, I guess. It's an alien. Oh, no. Not a...
0: Scott is very much xenophobic, initially shown as xenophobic, because as soon as he finds out that this, this... New life form has two life, uh, two heartbeats. He comes up with the "It's an alien; they must be the bad guys" line.
1: Yeah, it's very um pessimistic. This episode's perspective on first yeah. contact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also think
3: it's probably quite a realistic reaction, though, because if some people you're responsible for die, somebody responsibility wants to find someone to point that blame at.
0: And as we've already established in the synopsis, there's a convention meeting going on to deal with the Cybermen. so obviously earth is aware of the threats of extraterrestrial beings
1: it's like 20 what is it 2600 something like that
0: i can't remember Mm -hmm. off the top of my head does wikipedia yeah i
1: mean me neither (laughs) (laughs) tardis wiki will have it in the sidebar um Sorry, my gasp of uh, dismay earlier was that my Doctor Who magazine archive bookmark stopped working, but I did manage to find it again, and it's fine. It's all good. Thank it's you. fine. Um, it's 2526. Yes, 2526. 26th century, that's what it is. Um, yep. So... Oh, oh, dear. Sorry. Anyway, next up... <clears throat> While Adric computes his calculations, the doctor has gone for a walk in the caves. With Tegan and Nyssa, he examines the fossils of dinosaurs on the cave walls, musing that he had always wanted to go back and determine exactly how they died.
0: Because, yes, the, the dinosaur fossils oh. are exactly how fossils are found, honest.
1: Yes, I <laughs> love Such the a perfect of fossil. <laughs> I love the discussion of dinosaurs very, very, very much, um, where they have to explain to Nyssa what dinosaurs are. So cute so cute and i love it um because obviously she doesn't know what dinosaurs are because she's an alien whoa that's <laughs> <laughs> really good
3: and the doctor has obviously met dinosaurs yes in the of past.
1: course he has um and i really need another episode in which he actually goes back to dinosaur times instead of dinosaurs in a spaceship which had a very sad <laughs> lack of actual dinosaurs um and we've got invasion of the dinosaurs coming up that is true in like fucking a year <laughs> <laughs> Based on how quickly I think it's we like record. in five episodes or something Based on how quickly we record, I do not know uh, It is fairly soon, to be fair Fairly soon yeah. Um, yeah, no, episode 39, there you go Episode 39's gonna be a real banger Oh my god, episode 36 is the gunfighters I forgot, oh my god, we're so close to watching the gunfighters <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited We've got some good ones coming up Oh, I'm so excited up. Um <laughs> anyway uh, as the wounded party is making slow progress Snyder goes in to help but they are attacked by the dark figures the jamming increases and Snyder is reduced to a pile of smoking remains as the survivors start to investigate they continue to be picked off one by one quite tense stuff going on here Um, Hmm. Scott and the remainder of his squad come across the doctor and his companions and capture them Scott accuses the doctor of the murders and while the doctor tries to convince him otherwise the dark figures continue their approach (laughs) (laughs) he just immediately accuses the doctor of murder he has no evidence besides the fact that the doctor is there now which is
3: i wonder how many times the doctor has been accused of murder. oh fucking
1: hundreds at this point probably like like hundreds i mean and a lot like the doctor has committed many murders let's be honest yeah um but you know not this specific one Digging away at a recent rockfall, they discover the remains of the scientists, as well as a- oh yeah, okay now as well as a metal hatch which begins to emit a trilling sound. Scott orders the doctor to open the hatch. The dark figures pick up their pace and begin to attack as everyone dives for cover. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. This whole thing where they're digging away at the rocks and they reveal like metal it did in fact remind me of Quatermass in the Pit, which is very good and I believe <laughs> is on BritBox. Naomi. Yep,
0: it is. Have you watched it? <laughs> Uh, not for a long time it's all, it's on my list of things to rewatch along oh, with the, think... the avengers and the prisoner and oh, valid. UFO
2: valid.
3: i think that's three episodes in a row where it's um cropped up in this particular yeah. podcast yeah i'm also
1: excited that britbox <laughs> for some bizarre uh, reason. britbox has added the two series of the goodies that i haven't seen so <laughs> it's all very exciting for rosie <laughs> the goodies it's good it's it's goodies <laughs> <laughs> Goody, goody, yum, yum. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I love the whole setup of this episode. I think it really builds to the reveal that is just about to occur quite well. Mm. Um, and obviously, while I was very sad that everyone was accusing the Doctor of murder, it is nice to have some tension with the relationship between the Doctor and the people who are already there.
0: I um, like how yes. they accuse the Doctor but completely ignore Tegan and Nissa.
1: Uh, like, there's still misogyny in the wow. 2500s, I guess. Yeah. They don't even think that they'd be accomplices. They're just like, oh no, these two other women just happen to also be here with the murderer. I, yeah. That is kind
3: of how they're treated throughout the entire story, though. The,
1: the two women who also happen yeah. to be there, yeah. Just happen to yeah. be there. Yeah. Oh, Eric Sayward. Um, yeah. Nissa, does Re-
0: have, Nissa does have a fantastic outfit in this episode. Oh, in she this does. Though. Oh
1: my
0: God. She, she is... She is what rewatching it reminded me why I had such a massive crush on her.
1: Yeah, she is perfect. She is perfect. I adore her. Um, the doctor realises that the attackers are androids which is why they did not show up on the scans the androids appear to be defending the hatch and shrug off the troopers counterattacks Kyle recognises the sound the androids are making and realises that they were the ones who murdered the others as an android focuses its gaze on the doctor the image is transmitted elsewhere to their masters the cybermen yes. the cyber leader <coughs> so the cyber leader orders the androids destroy them destroy them at once
0: channeling Christopher Lee
1: yeah um <laughs> yes <laughs> while this is a great cliffhanger it also it begins to reveal the unraveling of the cybermen in this episode as anything at all similar to the cybermen yeah. as conceived.
0: <laughs> they, they, they they, are so very English they are they're so very, very oh, they're, they're the voices very are completely RP
1: yeah they're very human they mm. don't have any modulation anymore <laughs> sadly. Which is like, where's the sing-song quality, or even the techno whatever from Tomb of the Cybermen? And this was also a problem in Attack of the Cybermen, which is obviously a future story, but we did it a couple of episodes ago. But I felt more like they were Cybermen in that one, weirdly, than in this where they're just kind of dudes. (laughs) They're just kind of guys.
0: And Um, not once did they utter delete.
1: No, or... uh, um, upgrade.
0: You will be upgraded.
1: Yeah, god, I'm trying to remember what they say in 10th Planet because I don't think... Um. Yeah. Converted or whatever. You know. It. It. It all comes up. Um. It, it, like this. This. This serial pays such lip service to uniting these Cybermen with the Cybermen of the past, but then they have completely different motivations and um energies, so to speak.
0: But we can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later because there's one bit with two Cybermen guards a bit later on that had me in stitches.
1: Oh, excellent, excellent. But yeah, good first episode. Yep. Yeah. Yep
0: solid setup I, I remember when i f- when i first saw it and it popped to the cybermen at the end i, w- I was i'm 99 I'm sure that i was like a kid at christmas watching that because the cybermen had come back
1: <laughs> yes because it had been since yeah, i think revenge of the cybermen with four wasn't it with
0: yeah which was mid 70s
1: yeah four sarah jane and Harrier in that one i'm pretty sure so that's pretty early oh, wow a long time ago, and they actually
3: managed to keep it a surprise by not having Cybermen in the episode title and not having any clues in the Radio
1: Times. So it was actually a yeah, a
0: shock. They, they, yeah, they, actually, they actually turned down the uh, Radio Times from having them yeah. on the cover.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask about that actually because you know, I, I was wondering because they always spoil things now. They're like, Oh, yeah, John Sims gonna be in series 10. What? <laughs> <laughs> um.
3: But yeah, Sarah Sutton was disappointed because she wanted to be on the cover of Radio Times with the, with the Cyberman uh, and can't
1: blame her. I get that, I get that. I would also like to be on the cover of Radio Times with the Cyberman, but like, which Cyberman would you want to be on the cover of <laughs> Radio Times with? Like, which era of the Cyberman? Oh, like the 60s era the, where they're wearing like... The,
0: the original ones where they've socks. got the, yep. the yeah. fire retardant hoods on.
1: The original, I still the original like the scary to me The original Mondesian Cybermen yeah. are fucking terrifying and I'm very excited yeah. to get to Tenth Planet in six episodes Yes,
0: <laughs> I, I, I didn't discover the Mondesian men until I think it was sometime in the 90s when they started coming out on VHS so mm. I actually finally got to watch nice. all the um, Patrick Trouton and John yes. Pertwee and William oh. Hartnell episodes mm. that were actually available at the time
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had a uh, um, we had the tenth planet, and I remember this. We had like a, a a tin, like a white metal tin that had the tenth planet VHS in it, and I watched that when I was quite little, and I liked it. But then the recon of episode four came on, and I was so baffled because I was like seven or eight watching these still images. So I was like, I can't read well enough for this. <laughs> but, um, but the obviously now they have the animation, and the animation fucking bangs. It's so good. Yeah. Right episode 2 inside the
3: TARDIS a signal is detected Adric wanders out of the TARDIS trying to locate the doctor and determine the source of the signal he is able to distract one of the androids long enough for Scott and his team to destroy it the other one is subject to an intense fire attack also resulting in its destruction
0: didn't Adric destroy the first one by dropping a rock on its head
1: I'm fairly sure yeah
0: Yeah.
3: that rings a bell that feels
0: like something he would there's do there's
1: definitely at some point someone gets a rock dropped on him it's very good Actually, reminds me yeah. of Attack of the Cybermen. I think when the um, all of the Telosian mine workers are trying to kill the Cybermen in the in the work camp.
3: Um, uh, my my mind just went to the Dominators, which is the yeah, last no, one okay, we it, de- it definitely also <laughs> happened to the Dominators. <laughs> Iconic scene, yeah. just Jamie throwing rocks at people's heads. Like,
1: we love as, it. As we mentioned, an excellent serial to watch while you're attempting to replace the washing machine inlet plate. <laughs> <laughs> I did get my dishwasher hooked up, finally. I paid someone to do it.
0: Oh, I'm glad. (laughs)
1: What a fact. It's been a months-long saga, Naomi.
0: (laughs) I'm sure I'll hear it on the podcast.
3: Yes, yes. When it goes (laughs) live, The doctor has realised that the signal is being transmitted to whatever is inside the hatch. He runs back to the targets and is able to jam the transmission. He and... He and Adric return with the doctor's toolkit. <laughs> Tegan and Nissa usher the rest back into the TARDIS, where they will be safe. As the doctor and Adric open the hatch to discover an explosive device within, the doctor fiddles around with the bomb and inadvertently reactivates it. But together with Adric, disarms it before it Absolutely detonates. Absolutely
1: perfect scene, and I did put a note here because it's still true. <laughs> but there's a bit where the Cyberleader says, "Explode the bomb," and it like crash yeah. zooms. <laughs> it's so emotional. I was Sorry. literally crying with laughter. <laughs> Emotion in my cyberhead? I think that? it's because their mouths don't like move when they speak anymore, so it's just and a crash scene on a completely motionless cyber head.
0: <laughs> I've, I've got exactly the same note. Exactly the same note in my notes. And there's underneath it there's another note that just says MORE POWER
1: MORE POWER <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It's a quite machine, that cyber leader. Um, but yeah, I love this scene where, they react, where they're trying to dis- disarm the bomb because it's like Five and Adric doing what they do best which is science and they're actually working together as a yes. team and it's really nice and you're like, yes!
0: Did Five uh, have yeah. a Sonic? I can't remember if Five ever actually had a Sonic or not Doesn't he
1: use it in I the Five Doctors? I want to say yes I'm not sure If he does
0: use it in the Five Doctors is he using it because he's borrowed it off one of the earlier incarnations?
1: Fifth Doctor screwdriver. I mean, we'll find out because. Me too. The Fifth Doctor's multi-purpose Gallifreyan device. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That sounds like the version you get at Aldi. Yeah, hang on. Wiki. Okay, I just. God, there's a picture of the Thirteenth Doctor's thing, and it just looks so much like a sex toy that it is unreal. And I don't know if anyone else has discussed this, like on the internet. But oh my god, it's
0: been discussed. It was was discussed in our house when it first appeared.
1: (laughs) Personally, I love it. Okay. The Doctor's Sonic Screwdriver. Yeah. There's a separate list for the Doctor's Sonic Screwdriver and just Sonic Screwdrivers in general. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, it was used in... Um, Castor- it was Castro... Val- Castro 4, Val- was yes. fourth, Okay,
1: it? it gets blown up in the visitation. Yes, I remember this. Yeah, the pterolepsils incinerate it and then he doesn't replace it for ages.
0: That's why he doesn't use it in this episode, then.
1: Yeah, it got blown yeah. up. Um, sad. Sad. Very sad. Um. Anyway.
3: <laughs> anyway. Returning to the TARDIS, the Doctor informs the others that they are going to te- br- that they are going to trace the source of the transmission. Didn't he already
1: say that the transmission he- was being sent? Oh, he was wondering where it was coming from, from. the than where it's going to. I thought it was coming from yeah. the androids. That would make sense. Mm. But is what makes hmm. sense what happened on Doctor Who? Oh,
2: never.
3: <laughs> he then thanks. <laughs> He then thanks Adric for his health in the cave and apologises for their earlier argument telling him he's willing to try and enter e-space. Adric apologises to Aww. for overreacting and reveals he doesn't actually want to return home, he was just trying to make the doctor a point is doing his I love them talking about the their The Doctor feelings. is trying his
1: best to be a dad to Adric and sometimes he's not very good but he is doing his best, you know? <laughs>
3: My brain just went dadric. Yeah, no, my brain so, also sorry, my brain also but...
1: went dadric. Oh, dad. <laughs> um, but that feels dad. like Adric as a dad, which I don't think is As happened. a dad. Oh, but he'd be such a good dad. Oh, maybe. Maybe.
3: The Cybermen are puzzled as to why the bomb <laughs> failed to decimate. Oh, they were puzzled, were they? They had an emotion, did they? They were puzzled.
0: Confusion <laughs> does not compute. <laughs>
3: yeah. Reviewing the recorded images transmitted by the androids, there you go. They see the TARDIS, they realise the Doctor is involved, and begin to review their past encounters with the Time Lord. This is great. Which I like. This is great. I like this little, like, call back to the past. I love it whenever this happens. I'm an absolute sucker for these moments. There's
1: one in the Tenth Planet going, have you no emotions, sir? Which is very good. Um, William Hunt is great. And then we have them mentioning the tombs on Talos, but then the scene that they have a clip from is the wheel in space. Um...
3: Because, because Tombs was lost. Tomb got yeah. junked.
1: Tomb got junked in the late seventies, so they did not have too many more. <laughs> and it's so close to when they made this episode. Like it's insane how close it is. Like while well, that they were still trashing episodes that late yeah, on. Yeah. I mean they were trashing them for ages. I God, I can't remember whether the episode that the I imagine that the episode that this is from is a currently surviving episode of Wheel in because we only have like two episodes of Wheel in Space. Yeah. Um god it's probably bbc footage of it uh blue peter footage of it yeah, yeah imagine being a fucking like editor or like one of the people who's been sent down into the bbc archives to be like we need these episodes of doctor who and they go great and they go over to this shockingly empty shelf of doctor <laughs> <laughs> of doctor who film canisters and the, the researcher is like um are there supposed to be like 200 of these and they go now we have burned them we burned them all like five years ago <laughs>
3: How, well, how do you think we kept the Christmas party so long? Oh.
1: <laughs> God, it's fine. Well, it, was,
0: it, was, it was like cellulose or whatever it was filmed on at the time. It yeah, it just, really well.
1: it just exploded. It just
0: exploded. You don't want to leave ah. it hanging around in a, in a cupboard somewhere.
1: No, I mean, they put it on magnetic tape. It was on magnetic tape. Um, and then they would wipe the, ele- the magnetic tape and put other stuff on it um, and then they also had some film canisters that had been done for various things and they transferred those onto magnetic tape and then burned the film um, <laughs> and then they wiped the magnetic tape and then they recorded like Z cars on it and then they wiped Z cars um, I mean it does kind
3: of make sense in a resource saving economy it does it's absolutely wild in the year of our lord 2021 where we can access whatever we want yeah we can thank we
0: digital want. for that though can't we yeah, God, yeah. we just need everything, to send everything digital
1: we just need to send a probe that's going faster than light way out to where the radio waves from 1960s are still being processed <laughs> and then it can capture all of the doctor who episodes and send it back
0: do you? no do you know how much attenuation there would be in those signals
1: I don't know, but hey, we can I'm, clean it up. I'm thinking it's about fine. the episode of Futurama where they watch single female lawyer. Um, <laughs> anyone remember that episode of Futurama? Uh, no. no, that one
3: doesn't ring a bell. No,
1: um, it's the one.
3: It has been a while since I've watched the much aliens
1: about. from Omicron Persei Eight. Um, have been watching television broadcasts from a thousand years ago because of how long it took <laughs> to get to Omicron I 8 and the last episode of Single Female Lawyer gets cut off and they have to film a new copy of it because the original one has obviously been lost in the 1,000 years. <laughs> uh, Wild. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about Single anyway. Female Lawyer, we're talking about Doctor Who. <laughs> um, Meanwhile. But yeah, and then they have um, ins- the Fourth Doctor with Revenge of the Cybermen and then they, you know, conclude their discussion. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Meanwhile, out in space, a freighter is being inspected by Earth security forces while replenishing its supplies and crew. However, the morale of the crew is low, kept going only because of the promise of their bonus for delivering the cargo on time. Ringway, one of the bridge crew, wonders if the bonus is worth it, with several disappearances having already taken place. Berger seems to think that it is, and suggests Ringway adopt a more (laughs) cheery attitude towards (laughs) the crew to maintain their morale and his... Mm.
0: I'm getting serious vibes of Alien from this phrase. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's definitely trying to echo that kind of um, working, cl- downtrodden working class um, bridge crew versus the Captain. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: I've not actually seen Alien. Have you oh, not? It's so good. I've not. To be, fair, you... to be fair, I watched Aliens before Alien, but they're both very good. <laughs>
0: They're both very good, they're both very different as well. Mm, mm. Um, I, I strongly recommend watching Alien on a sunny day with the lights on.
3: <laughs> oh, cool, I'll watch it at midnight tonight. Um, having arrived on board, the doctor goes to explore the freighter with Adric. Deci- the doctor decides to go. The doctor goes to explore the freighter with Adric deciding to tag along too. However, Berger spots the two travelers on the camera and tells the captain a woman named Briggs. Briggs orders that Berger sound the now alarm. No, I have two
1: points here. One, the doctor is hysterically wrong in that he says that the freighter will be unmanned. Why does he think that?
3: It is several. I manned, guess the TARDIS least.
1: doesn't have a life signs thing when they were doing. Yeah, their they have. They have
3: the sonar instead.
1: They got sonar, but not a life signs detector, and a time rotor, but not the ability to direct the time rotor. Um, and then the second not, not thing... Not to mention
0: the chameleon circuit that's never worked.
1: Yes, no, exactly. Like <laughs> You can tick that you have the chameleon circuit, but he forgot to tick that it be functional. Um, yeah. And then also the woman playing uh, Briggs is Beryl Reed, who was in The Goodies. <laughs> um, the and, and who is
0: a really odd choice for the role.
1: Yeah, and yet also really good at it. <laughs> um, I really like her in this role as like a no-nonsense ship captain. Like a mid like, mid-40s or mid-50s woman. Just stomping about being great Isn't this, there's a lot
0: of good elder women isn't Beryl story. Reed the one who was really confused by the role she was playing and really didn't yes. understand it
3: yeah Yeah. I've got some notes on this so Captain Briggs was written as a Sigourney Weaver type in the script um, and everyone was kind of baffled why they cast Beryl Reed <laughs> and while they agreed she did a really good job um, she struggled with the dialogue asking during recording if Warp Drive was off Earl's court
1: yeah. <laughs>
3: She later called it a strange experience.
1: Mm. Oh my god, she was in The Bells of St Trinians! Oh, amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I sort of missed that in my brain, but she was one of the many lesbian teachers, because all the teachers in St Trinians are lesbians, of course. Um, Of course. canonically. Yeah. No, it's such an odd choice, because she is essentially only in sex comedies, (laughs) and then she was in Doctor Who. (laughs) Are you telling me that Doctor Who's not a sex comedy? Okay, no, it can be a sex comedy. You are correct. Um... Yeah, she was in uh, one of my favourite episodes of The Goodies, se- uh, Sex Education or Gender Education or whatever. <laughs> um, that sounds like it's going to have aged perfectly. Um, it's amazing. It is- I'm fairly sure it's her. Um, she, was, uh, she was Mrs. Desiree Cart Horse, a parody of Mary Whitehouse. <laughs>
2: um,
1: okay, I've also okay, found out that, that she was in uh, The Killing of Sister George as a lesbian soap opera star. So that's I that's remember cool. that one. I'm fairly certain it got mentioned in um, Cellular Closet, but there you go.
3: <sighs> anyway, the Doctor and Adric hear the alarm and start running back towards the TARDIS. Hearing screams, Adric and the Doctor run to investigate. Adric spots the bodies of two crewmen and goes to examine the bodies. Unbeknownst to them, Ringway arrives behind them and raises his gun. Having examined the bodies, they turn to face an armed Ringway who states on this ship we execute murderers <laughs> which is a very choice line
0: it really it's, is, it's also yeah. it's also where the doctor says that he recognizes the injuries or, or something similar isn't it
1: mm.
0: i've, I've seen so. wounds like these before or something like
1: that yeah it reminds me of the bit in remembrance of the daleks where the doctor kind of examines one of the dead bodies and is like "Ah, total um total neutronic reversal or whatever Um, it's always nice when the doctor realises that something terrible is about to occur (laughs) (laughs) you can see it in his eyes and you're like no doctor Um, yeah nicely to the dramatic irony as well yeah god 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 yes again another way that this is a tragedy yeah Yeah. it all builds and you just even like knowing the ending before it starts you're just waiting and waiting and waiting (laughs) oh my god um... Anyway. Episode three. Shall we Shall we keep tracking on? Yes, let's keep tracking on. Let me just note the time still. Uh, so, episode three. Ringway escorts the two travellers to meet the captain, Briggs, who is only concerned about the bonus. She's very concerned about this bonus.
0: She is. Very. Um,
1: she has, uh... Let's say, um... Elastic morality in this episode. <laughs> um... Mm. She... She's like, well, you know, I don't want to get killed by the Cybermen, but equally, I need this money.
3: <laughs> um, so you must understand the choices I am having to make. Yeah,
1: it's very important to me that you understand that I'm not a bad person just because I need the money more than anything else. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like episode three I zoned out a bit without meaning to. <laughs> I don't know why, because there's quite a lot going on. Um Scott and Kyle start to worry about the Doctor and Adric, although only Scott says anything <laughs> Scott announces that he wants to go find the Doctor but Nissa replies that the Doctor will not thank them for taking such a risk <laughs> um, which is you know, a fair prediction Yeah, Nissa is like, look, we have to listen to what the Doctor said and I don't want to get killed by Cybermen and like, obviously they didn't know this at the time but we know that Nissa and Five encountered the Cybermen in spare parts while, uh, uh, later on actually, now way. I think about it but Nyssa is already not a big fan of the Cybermen, and I don't doubt that there's some piece of Expanded Universe canon where, like, they encountered the Cybermen on Traken at some point in the distant past, like... Wait, so the Cybermen can
3: traverse e-space? I mean,
1: who knows? Like, that we know that Cybermen appear in parallel universes because they do it in Pete's world. That's true. What That's are the true. e-space Cybermen like? Fuck, now I, now I actually want to research e. Not that I don't always, <laughs> but, you know... Um, but yeah i i i take that on myself for forgetting how timelines work but we know that nissa has further experience with Simon later on and i feel very bad for her because she's very just reasonably not having a good time with all these risks um tegan also wishing to help goes with scott and his remaining soldiers and they give her a, a boiler suit to wear yeah
0: yes. and she still looks like sheena easton's long-lost sister i she's i still got the 80s New wave hairdo and makeup. It's so
1: good. It's so good. She looks incredible. Love her. Oh my god, Tegan. I was reading uh, (laughs) my writing Doctor Who um, edition of Doctor Who magazine, and they said that Tegan was a return to the Barbara style of companion, where the the female companion clashes with the Doctor, and I'm like, yes, yes. Tegan is a Barbara for the new world, and Ian and Nissa is a new Ian, and they are in love. Um, Oh, definitely. The, the my... way
0: them two are always, like, pretty much touching.
1: Yeah, they yeah, just stand so close to each other. Yeah. Tegan and Nyssa, they are great. Um, the cyber leader decides that it is time to take control of the freighter and orders a unit of cybermen to be activated, and then they, like, claw their way out of the pods like they're in the invasion, and it's very cool, and a cool visual throwback. Um... The unit marches on the bridge and is spotted on one of the monitors. Briggs orders a blockade set up outside the bridge, despite the Doctor pleading that her men won't stand a chance if they do that. God, he is so, like, oh my god. Understandably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just... Man. Yeah. The Doctor versus the men it never ends well. Um, and he knows that. and He's very, very concerned. And you're like, oh, Doctor, no one's listening to you, and they should. Um, well, at
0: this point, he is in, like... He is a prisoner.
1: No, I know, exactly. <laughs> it's all very horrible. Um, where was I? Um, sure enough, the Cybermen effortlessly blast through the barricade. At the same time, Ringway turns on the crew and announces that he now works for the Cybermen, having grown tired of
0: bricks. See, I-, I saw that coming even as a kid. He looked like a bad guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, that Doctor Who mm-hmm. does that, and I admire Yeah, he does. It. Um, the doctor disarms him and closes the bridge doors before the Cybermen can get inside. Brick seems confident that they can hold out until they get back to Earth, as there are only a few Cybermen. When Adric inquires as to how many cargo containers there are god, this is such a good moment she realizes that all 15,000 are probably full of Cybermen. Oh. <laughs> so
3: good. I just like immediately the stakes jump. So good.
1: Like, at no point are we shown 15,000 Cybermen, <laughs> but we know that they're there.
0: Um, We're shown lots and lots of canisters
1: Yes, we are shown lots and lots of canisters uh, which they did have the budget for
0: (laughs) That's because they used very tiny canisters and just made them look big on the screen
1: (laughs) It's only a model Movie magic (laughs) Um as Scott, Teagan, and the others kill one Cyberman and damage a second, the Cyber Leader has his troops soften one of the bridge doors with a thermal lance. Oh, I love See, it. Th-
0: this is the bit where I was in stitches. The two Cybermen that Scott and his team kill, when it cuts to them, they're stood there, moving backwards and forwards on their legs, shuffling like they're bored, nattering to each <laughs> other like any two random guards in any... Re- like the two stormtroopers on the walkway in Star Wars. They're stood nattering to each other about something.
1: Yeah, it's so... cyber... what do you think? What do you think cybermen talk about other water um, They're cyber problems, presumably. They're cyber soap operas <laughs> that they've been cyber watching. Cyber down to Cyber, Nabi. cyber Enders. East Cybers
0: the, 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 the problems with the lo- local cybermat. Cyber,
1: cyber nation. <laughs> cyber Nation Street. Um <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying get, to think get, about the soapbox.
0: Getting stains out of their lovely silver costumes.
1: Yeah, oh man, it must be so yeah, hard. Yeah, big problem. Um... <laughs> I like your implication. I like the idea that they're standing at the water cooler but not drinking any water because they don't need to. <laughs> HR had to put one in just so they could like meet their yeah, needs. Yeah, exactly. Their, their psychological need to stand somewhere gossiping. <laughs> 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 um... On Cyber Maslow's hierarchy of needs it's Yeah, no, exactly. Right above killing the Doctor, we have that. Um, <laughs> God. <Yeah. laughs> Sorry. The Doctor taps into the antimatter storage system and uses it to stabilise the door just as a sideman breaks through, with the result that the sideman is fused into the door. This fucking rocks and is also clearly nicking from Star Wars. It's so clearly nicking from Star Wars.
0: Star Wars or Star Trek?
1: I'm fairly certain it looks like Carbonite to me.
0: Um, there, there was also an episode hmm. in Star Trek where one of the crew got stuck halfway through the bridge, I'm sure of it. Halfway through the um, decking, I'm sure of it.
1: Ah! Uh, I don't know if that would have been TOS.
3: It might have been in TNG. I've just recently watched a bunch of TOS and I don't think it was uh, It TOS. might have been
0: something in one of the uh Maybe, it's in, <laughs> Lex, <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's in UFO. Next Gen or something. Maybe it's
1: in UFO. I don't 99. remember seeing it in
0: UFO, but it is a long time since I watched that.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Tweet us if you happen to know about this piece of media. <laughs> yes. But it inquiring pings, minds need to know. It definitely pinged Carbonite to me, and I did enjoy that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just imagining, like another side cy- the other the other cyber worker turning to him and being like, um, "I love you." <laughs> <laughs> I know, and then it gets stuck in the wall. (laughs) Um, Even though we do not have emotions, somehow the writers forgot for this serial. The power of gay love
2: will break through
3: the established law of time.
1: I'm fairly certain it does in something... God, so oh my God! There's the fuck. No, okay, I know. I wrong. It's not gay love. There's one. There's Lisa, the cyber woman, and two. There's yvonne Cartman or whatever yvonne Hartman when she overrides her cyber programming to go and kill a bunch of Cybermen because she just loves England so much. <laughs> oh. I love Doctor Who.
3: It's never done anything strange. Doctor and it's Who.
1: Hey, <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> Doctor Who. Um. <laughs> Here we go. The cyber leader had also fitted explosive charges to the other bridge door. However, just before it goes to detonate them, the cyberman that escaped from Scott and Tegan crawls up. His lieutenant, lieutenant, his lieutenant points out that all the crew have been accounted for, and the cyber leader erroneously concludes that Rigway
0: lied about the crew numbers. I like how the cyberman manages to crawl all that way and then dies.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh man, like were its legs broken? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it just enjoys crawling. Maybe. Oh, oh, enjoys. Now again, we're assigning emotions to these <laughs> cybermen. The story assigns emotion. I'm just working with the I canon know. of the Also, in front of It's it. a
0: Cyberman. Why is it crawling back to the cyberleader instead of rolling over and trying to kill the people who were trying to kill it?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. There's not a lot of um just emotionless violence where they go, Oh, you tried to kill me? Bang. They just
0: these, these Cybermen are the most illogically minded Cybermen I've ever met.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't remember Attack of the Cybermen super well, but they weren't terribly logically minded either. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's a lot of that as a problem. At least new series Cybermen tend not to be super emotional because they're always just background villains. <laughs> they never get Apart to from, do apart anything from that
0: one in the uh, Frankenstein episode.
1: Oh, yeah. With Mary Shelley in. That one. I, I he was definitely a
0: broken Cyberman.
1: The Haunting of Villa Diodati. Oh, I enjoyed that. <gasps> I have watched it because I'm really bad at being a New Who fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Right. Where were we at? Uh, we are at. Um, the explosives detonated, destroying the bridge door. The Cybermen take the bridge and the leader has Ringway killed for his deception. The Doctor then sourly jokes, You never change, always the perfect guest. <laughs> The Doctor and the crew members all watch as the additional Cybermen are revived in order to deal with the other humans. As they march through the hold, the leader declares, My army awakes, Doctor! The Doctor looks on, horrified, as the Cybermen march through the hold.
0: Yes, some very nice special effects there with the triple screening. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Man, it's like it's a good cliffhanger, but it's so funny that the Cyber Leader is, like, personally vindictive against the Doctor. Like I understand the Cybermen viewing the Doctor as specifically a threat, but I don't understand them being like
0: <laughs> Let's rub your face in it, yeah,
1: Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not supposed to be vengeance. It's just like logically that they need to eliminate him in order to succeed. But that's not logical. He's like genuinely like, you know, <laughs> sorry. It's like they've gone through a bad breakup or something. It's terrible. <laughs> Maybe they
3: do. I don't Perhaps, want to think about that. Yeah. Maybe it's the... Did, did the Doctor cheat on the Master with a oh, Cyberman? Oh, fuck
1: me, no. No, thank you.
3: Asking the real
1: questions.
0: Maybe yeah. this Cyber Leader is one of the Doctor's old companions, yeah. in inverted commas.
1: Mm. Oh my god, what if there was like a... Before they were converted. Just a short trip that the Cyber Leader is actually fucking Sarah Kingdom or something. <laughs> <laughs> or Brett Vion, and you're like, oh, fuck, Okay.
3: Now you're going to have to write. No, wrap it. I am. Sorry. Right. That's
0: how thick works.
1: That will not get accepted. I'll wait <laughs> then, then All
0: right. Post it on fanfiction.net or whatever.
1: Archive of our own, yeah.
3: Fanfiction.net. Oh boy. Takes me back. Um, episode four <laughs> The Cybermen fit a device to the ship's computer, which locks it on course to collide with Earth. <laughs> the Cyber leader then explains his mission. Several galactic powers are going to meet on Earth oh, that wow. day and hold a conference that will unite them in a war against the Cybermen. Their original plan was to use the bomb to virtually destroy Earth, commandeer the freighter, and use the army to kill anyone who survived. Due to the Doctor's interference, the cyber leader has switched to his backup plan, <laughs> crash the freighter it's into Earth. It's very
1: nice that the, the the Cybermen have a backup plan. They've got a plan B. <laughs> they don't normally have a plan B. <laughs>
3: Maybe it's because they haven't before that they've decided. Okay, we must yeah. fit this into yeah. our um, risk assessments.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
3: As as it's powered by antimatter, the resulting blast will be every bit as devastating
1: as the bomb would have been. Yeah.
0: Now I'm forced yeah. to wonder what that bomb was made out of because it was like the size of a shoebox.
1: I mean, something horribly radioactive, I imagine. <laughs> mm.
3: More antimatter. Tegan gets separated from Scott and his men and is eventually captured. Scott returns to the TARDIS, but is followed by a pair of Cybermen. The troopers kill the Cybermen and take their guns, but Kyle is killed in the process. Tegan, meanwhile, is taken to the bridge. Noting the Doctor's reaction when she is brought to the bridge, the Cybermen comments that emotions must be a severe handicap for the Doctor. (laughs) The Doctor argues that emotions are what make life worth living. In response, the Cyber Leader orders that Tegan be killed. Oh Did anybody yeah. have, like, notes of the things he listed? Uh, I her, have, um, I believe, episodes. a
1: quote. Hang on. Let me find it. Um, dun, 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 dun. Here we go. Uh, the Cyber Leader says, I see that Time Lords have emotional feelings. Surely a great weakness in one so powerful. Um, and the Doctor says, Emotions have their uses. Cyberleader says they restrict and curtail the intellect and logic of the mind. Um, <clears throat> the doctor says they also enhance life. When did you last have the pleasure of smelling a flower, watching a sunset, eating a well-prepared meal? Cyberleader says these things are irrelevant. The Doctor says for some people, small beautiful things is what life is all about, and it really got me. <laughs> so good. Yep. Yep. It's all about very, small very feelings. Take the joy of small things as they come. Yeah. To do.
3: The Doctor throws himself in front of Tegan, and the cyber leader remarks that emotions are a disadvantage, as now he only has to threaten to kill Tegan for the Doctor to obey him. Scott and the troopers leave the TARDIS again, as the cyber leader decides to leave the ship in the TARDIS. Briggs, Berger, and Adric are left on board so that a few remaining cybermen can observe their reactions and thus better understand human weakness.
1: God, Adric's not human! Cybermen- <laughs>
3: But they don't know that. the you know their
1: scans would reveal this somehow. What is the biological difference between an Alzerian and a human anyway?
3: Two, kid- we have two kidneys already. Like don't we? if
1: Adric spends, Four if Adric kidneys. spends too long in End Space, are they going to reveal that it has been quantumly diverging and he's going to turn into like a weird park ghost, like Philip Shoshu? <laughs> that would be absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And then they have to send him back to eSpace before the convergence of the universes <laughs> uh-huh. or whatever.
0: Uh-huh. Maybe they don't have an appendix.
1: Maybe.
3: Yeah, evolved without tonsils. Yeah,
1: no tonsils, no, no. coccyx. Um, or maybe he has a tail. But they have six we have toes. no proof that Adric doesn't have a tail.
0: <laughs> Prove me wrong. I'm not, go- I'm, not going me wrong. <laughs> I'm not going down that road. Prove me wrong. I'm not going down that road.
2: Oh,
1: God. Um, anyone ha- if anyone anyway. has evidence that Adric doesn't have a tail, please share it with me because otherwise I've decided that Adric has a tail. <laughs>
3: Our Twitter is at ClarityPod, and we can't wait to get these tweets. The Doctor and the Cybermen leave in the TARDIS, and Scott takes out the Cybermen guarding the bridge. Briggs wants to abandon ship, but Adric tells her that he might be able to override the device controlling the ship's computer. He overrides one segment of it, and Berger tries to bring the ship out of war, but it has an unexpected effect. The freighter jumps into a time walk and goes backwards oh in my time. God. T- Tegan is relieved at this, believing Earth to be safe. Her relief is soon shattered when the doctor points out this has made the situation far worse. Not only will Earth still be destroyed, but with the freighter now back in an earlier point of his- its history, the planet's whole existence <gasps> will be nullified.
1: Oh my god.
3: I do actually enjoy how this, how this story does keep making it
1: higher and higher stakes. As it yeah, this last episode is um. just ramping it up. Yeah.
3: Adric overrides another part of the control device, bringing the freighter out of warp, but still perilously close to Earth. Briggs decides that it's time to abandon ship, but Adric is still determined to break the codes. Scott drags Adric into the escape pod, only for the young Alzerian to jump out at the last second and continue his efforts. Back on the TARDIS, the Doctor points out that they have travelled back in time 65 million years. At about the time Earth collided with an object that killed the dinosaurs, Tegan realises that the object really was the freighter and that rather than erasing Earth's history, the explosion will form a key part. I like of it. to imagine... I like it, I like... Oh, I love that. I, like...
0: I love that sort of shit. It, 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 it's... I liked it because I was into dinosaurs as a kid and this all tied in with the mm-hmm. KT extinction and things like that. But it's also the fact yeah. that the Earth collided with the objects, not the other way around. The Earth jumped in front of this freighter.
1: Yeah, I also <laughs> just love the implication that there's bits of exploded, <clears throat> super futuristic freighter all over the planet that have just never been discovered. Um, and bits of Cybermen. And bits of Cybermen, yeah. And bits of Adric, <laughs> I guess sorry oh thank you <laughs> they're gonna find his tail they're gonna find his tail one day
3: <laughs> somewhere in a museum there is a tail named un- like marked Unknown dinosaur and no one will ever know Yeah. what while Adric continues his efforts, Scott signals, the, Scott signals the TARDIS and informs them that Adric is still on board. The Cyber Leader decides to kill the TARDIS crew, but Tegan jumps on him and the Doctor grinds Adric's gold-plated mathematics achievements badge into the leader's chest unit. The maddened and asphyxiating leader fires his gun aimlessly, damaging the TARDIS console in the process. The doctor grabs the gun and shoots the leader, killing him. Bit of violence, one of the rare bits of the doctor actively shooting someone. The doctor doctor using a gun. Yeah. Adric is closing in on fully deactivating the control device, but is thwarted when a damaged and dying Cyberman tries to shoot him. The shot misses Adric and destroys the freighter's controls instead, leaving no chance of altering the freighter's course. Adric serenely muses that now he will never know. I wouldn't say
1: serenely is the correct adverb.
3: (laughs) Go on, what would would you say Um, instead?
1: In like a shell shocked manner.
3: (laughs) Yeah, defeatedly, I think. Resigned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Sad? Sad.
3: The doctor tries to save Adric while Nyssa quickly deals with the cyber lieutenant, but the TARDIS console is too badly damaged. The Doctor, Nissa, and Tegan watch helplessly as the freighter explodes, killing Adric. <laughs> as Nissa and Tegan begin to weep, the Doctor remains silent, shocked at his failure in saving his companion oh and friend. God. The episode ends with silent credits to mark Adric's death, rolled over an image of his shattered star-shaped
0: badge.
1: Oh my god!
0: And, and, and I think it was that, the fact that it was a silent uh, ending that mm. was what had the yeah. biggest impact on me. Yeah. Back. It, 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 it's
3: not a return to status quo. No, in imagine
0: way. nine-year-old baby Naomi sat there watching it on a mm. Saturday evening or whenever it was, and the roll credits, and it's just that broken badge with oh. no sound, and realization that Adric is dead.
1: It's like the end of
3: Blackadder. It's such a gut punch. Oh God, <laughs> with the poppies. I still can't watch that episode. Yeah, it gets me
1: it's a lot. It's a lot. Um... <sighs> to remain in this universe, the creature would have to reverse its polarity. That's
3: Earth Shock.
1: <laughs> what did we think? You
3: think the shock is the Cybermen? No, the shock is Adric yeah, Dying. What did we think? I think that it's one of the strongest classic Who um companion character stories because of Adric's consistency and tragedy.
0: In in terms of writing, um, taking the badly written Cybermen aside, <laughs> it's it's an absolutely fantastically well written. Um, storyline and, mm. and the progression of scale and the progression of the level of the yeah. threat is really well handled, it, it slowly builds up at the beginning and then, like you said, in the final episode it just piles on the threats
1: Yeah, it just never mm. stops and you're like oh my god, and the pacing is really good, I read a thing about how um it has something like twice as many oh ten times as many camera setups as average for the time. Oh wow. Um, so it ends up. Yeah, going they said on
3: one of the. Um, they were shooting it as if it were a movie rather than just a TV episode in terms of the technicalities of it. Just to get that sense of scale and drama. Ugh. God, it's heavy.
2: Mm.
0: An apple a day keeps the. Uh... No, never mind. <laughs>
1: Well, our our favorite man, <laughs> our favorite non-binary dude, um, the Doctor, is very good in this, and I love him very, very, very much. He is the best.
3: <laughs> I love Five. He gets to be his sassy little I boy.
0: I love
1: Five so much.
0: Five was a weird one for me because my Doctor was Tom Baker, um, and when when the watcher when, when the watcher Basic. turned up and became the Doctor. And uh, Peter Davidson was revealed as the new Doctor. I was confused as a small child, because for <laughs> me, Peter Davidson was <laughs> the vet. Yes, yeah, so Peter all, Davidson all was all great small, creatures yeah. great and small. Yep.
1: You better well, back
3: bet. Rosie. Did you ever finish? No, watching I need it? to get back to I it. it. I know you I, I were need to at get back point. to it. It's all on BritBox, <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> and I need to get back. We to We really it. ought
3: to be sponsored by fucking. Britbox. I need Britbox to get back, back to it because I know
1: eventually Siegfried starts reading Lord Peter Wimsey books, and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Oh God, I did like it. Um, but I have a lot to watch on BritBox. I've got Terrorhawks, I've got The Goodies series 3 and 4, I've got UFO, I've got Space 999, I've got Thunderbirds that I need to get back to.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you've stolen my watch list.
1: Well, here's the thing. I grew up watching a lot of those things because my parents watched Snap. them. Um, you I grew are up watching a lot my... of
0: those things because okay. I'm old enough.
1: You are younger than my parents, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, but, you know... We have to have an elder stateswoman of the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, oh. it's uh, five is just not having his best day.
3: <laughs> um, I mean, he starts he starts the story being accused from of murder, and it
1: gets worse yeah. from there. Really, he gets captured. But he starts the story. You're, you're starts the story
0: having a lovers' tiff with Adric. <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry. Yeah, he does. Yeah, well, we can talk about that in our other in one of our other segments. <laughs> um, as we've established previously, people in the 80s did have a lot of fights about which companions were sleeping with the Doctor or with each other. Um, <laughs> that's why they showed all of their bedrooms. Um,
3: I, mean, I love TARDIS yes. bedrooms. Um, You've noticed here that he looks so haunted when he sees the Sivemen for he the first really time. Does. He looks haunted throughout a lot of this yeah. episode. Like, he seems tired. Like, it's, the, it's only his first season and he seems tired. Yeah. Poor Five. He's been through a lot already. <laughs> Very much the old man in the young young man's body throughout the rest of his run, at
1: least. <laughs> it's because Eric Sayward and Jonathan Turner were like, we're going to start making Doctor Who darker and darker. So, like, the previous serial was fucking Black Orchid. So he had a nice weekend at a country house, and now I suddenly Black Black one of his friends is dead. And, I like, and, then, yeah.
0: and and then he went from this to Time Flight. <laughs> so I haven't, it, seen, time just kept going I haven't down seen Time
1: And then after that, it's Ark of Infinity, which we, you know, love.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot about Ark of Infinity. It's It's not,
1: like, memorable, but it is very fun. Um, It's It's really fun. Yeah, it's it's so sweet. Like, it's a very... I think it really, like, defines Five as a character as someone who attempts to be optimistic. Like, you know, sometimes small, beautiful things are what life is all about, because half the time he's stuck in these horrible situations.
3: I think like oop. One second, headphone wire fell
1: out again. Give me a
3: second. Come on. Hello. Okay. Hello. Hello. Oop. Wait. No, I can't. Oh, babe. Hello. Hello. Okay. (laughs) Hello back. Um. Yeah, I like that he does actively try to be optimistic. Yeah. Like it. it, It's an act of trying. It's a conscious effort. Yeah. To value it. (laughs) I just
1: love Fivey.
3: He's a good boy. Um, okay. and, and that comment that he always wanted to go back and find out what killed the dinosaurs <laughs> coming full circle
0: again was it causing that of there is a lot Don't. of foreshadowing in this series
3: what killed a the dinosaurs
0: tight. it is tight. It's, it's like you've got I adric saying I want to go I want to leave and then adric leaves at the end and then you've got the doctor saying he wants to find out what killed the dinosaurs and and adric kills the dinosaurs <laughs>
3: Adric doesn't kill the dinosaurs. Adric dies Is alongside any- the dinosaurs.
1: No, I'm, I'm thank- very thankful neither of you reacted to my Batman and Robin reference. I, I missed
0: your Batman <laughs> That's and what Robin that reference. Was. What,
3: what was killed
1: that was. the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Fucking <laughs> hell. Thank you, Arnie. Um, he goes from Terminator, another great 80s sci-fi movie. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> oh, God.
2: Oh, um, God.
3: Yeah, there's also the um, the bit when um, the Cyberman says, "I see that Time Lords have emotional feelings," and the Doctor replies, "Of sorts," yeah. and it really makes me want to know more about the con- cultural conception of Time Lord emotion and feeling, especially because we know them as such a like bureaucratic, um, hierarchical society. How is emotion and feeling portrayed, mm. or received, or, or communicated in Gallifrey? Yeah,
1: it's interesting. I I, oh. I
3: just need an anthropological study, especially of because their
1: experience of time is so different. <laughs> so it's like, how does holding a grudge work as a time lord? I just, oh man. Not
0: not to mention the whole regeneration thing. Mm-hmm. Do, yeah, does, does I wonder each... if
3: there's like a specific role for like counselling people through the regeneration. Yeah,
0: and, and does each <laughs> incarnation of a time lord have different emotional triggers? <laughs>
1: and reactions yeah. i have yes. to imagine based, based that on, um sorry <laughs> keep going based basically. on
0: the based, based on the doctor what we've seen of the doctor even even up to number 5 they've all had different emotional reactions to stimuli
2: mm.
3: yeah
0: so
1: and emotional limits for what they can
3: actually take yeah, out. i have to imagine look-
1: this many traumatic regenerations is not actually the time lord norm <laughs> i hope yeah. not that would be concerning
0: it explain why the master's the way he is
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, getting thrown in a volcano can't be fun. Or whatever is going on with the Crunchy Master. Um. Yeah, uh, Doctor Who, like many things, is actually about love. I forgot to mention that when we were talking about small, beautiful events, what life is all about. But, like, the Doctor surrounds himself with these humans who have a really different experience of time and a different relationship to the things that happen to them. And he does it so that he can kind of vicariously experience that fleeting joy in things that they see that he has seen a thousand times. And you're like, oh my god, Doctor (laughs) Oh,
3: that's beautiful I love that interpretation
1: I feel like it comes up at some point in the new series where they're talking about to us you must look like like insects or whatever and he's like no to me you look like giants oh my god it's so good I think that's a 10 quote I want to say that's a 10 quote
3: that feels like an 11 a 12 quote to me but it might be a 10 quote
1: i'm googling it but
3: that's just going off vibe rather than any actual memories because as we know my memory doesn't exist
1: uh is it let's have a look at reddit.com slash our doctor who slash comments <laughs> 60mq no answers apparently it's an end of time i think wolf might say it to the doctor or something like yeah. that.
0: that sounds about right actually yeah that sounds very I right i haven't yeah.
1: watched end of time in a really long time because i hate it but <laughs> that's not the point <laughs> a very good line and it means a lot it says a lot about the doctor um, and their relationship. it's a character
3: statement line <sighs> oh it's good i love five and i just want him to have a nice yeah. day yeah
1: so, I mean, i've hard luck
3: on him <laughs> mm.
0: i have to go now look if you're gonna be in trouble you'll need me to look after you me too but
3: right. you don't
1: understand
3: i think it does make sense to start with our perfect boy adric perfect. seeing as this Ooh. is his swan Gone song but not
1: forgotten <laughs> Um, in the arms of the angels, Adric Alzarian, whatever his last name is supposed to be. Um, I love him. I So many people are like, oh, Matthew Waterhouse can't act and I'm like, he's doing such a pitch perfect portrayal of a moody little boy <laughs> and it's so yeah. good and he's so cute and he says such funny things and I love his little face. Oh my god, Adric. I love him. <laughs> I
3: strongly agree I think it took me a few episodes to warm up to him, but then I saw Earthshock and was like, oh, I see your value now. Um, he's like, he's just... He puts up with so much shit.
1: He really does.
3: And he's so bright and has so much potential, and then he dies. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but I do find the whole... That's fine. The whole... As, as I mentioned at the beginning, I, I, I when I was when I first saw these um, serials, I wanted Adric so much to be my friend and I also <laughs> wanted to be Adric because he had all these adventures. Yeah. And I even now, and I can kind of understand why people didn't like him as a companion. Yeah. But even now, I, I feel, I just want to wrap him up in cotton wool and protect him. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad that's that the, we in 2021
1: fight. can have this critical re-evaluation of Adric as actually a very sweet boy who <laughs> we love very much. Um... Like people at the time were like so negative about him and I'm sure when I managed to dive into the Doctor Who magazine things, everyone's gonna be like, Yes, Adric died But um you know, up until that point like
0: I remember, I remember all my friends being completely shocked by it at the time because mm. all my friends were Doctor Who fans. And we 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 got to school the-, the week after it had aired and we're all sat there and we're like, Adric's dead, can you believe that he's gonna come back for the next episode. The doctor's gonna find a way to save him.
3: And doesn't happen. No. I wonder if it would have hit differently if it was it Warner, if it was Tegan or Nissa.
0: Very definitely, it would yeah. have.
3: But the fact that Adric had such a like, he did play a sometimes shitty teenage boy, and I think I think if I it think had been because that was so.
0: Go on, you first.
3: I know the fact the fact that like. He was not liked, and yet his death still had a reaction. I think it was a really interesting yeah. choice.
0: And I think if it had been Nyssa, especially, and Tegan to some degree, I think there'd have been a massive, massive fallout from it.
1: Yeah. Mm. Whereas in Time Flight, they just kind of go, oh, well, Adric wouldn't have wanted us to be sad.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Adric's dead. Let's go on with our lives. Oh, look, there's the Concorde. Mm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> can't wait to get to time flight that's going to be a time,
1: a time flight. flight yeah um oh god
3: um also really adore how much maths he actually gets to do like whilst it is a big character moment everything he says or does or chooses in this episode is authentic to what we've been shown yeah. up on. yeah
1: very in character
0: mm. that and the fact that he's basically breaking quantum encryption with his brain
1: yeah <laughs> he's very very fucking smart. incredible um. <laughs> He's kind of like, I'm just thinking about this, never. he's kind of like Zoe as a character archetype.
2: Oh,
3: Zoe, that was... I think I see what you mean, but... Which one was Zoe? It's, Zoe... Futuristic, out of time, really fucking yeah. right.
1: Like, she's a teenage girl, and then he's a teenage boy, but the characterization is different enough that it's kind of like, they're trying something new and it didn't quite work. Because Zoe's thing is that she doesn't have, like, she, will, she was raised to be a human encyclopedia, whatever. So she doesn't have emotion. <laughs> she's kind of Vulcan-y. Which yeah. I find interesting. Sorry, I'm I'm going through the Doctor Who magazines.
0: <laughs> Zoe from Zoe from the Second Doctor.
1: Yes, my yeah. my sweet best friend Zoe. Um, I love her.
3: But yeah. So we were originally going to record this the week before, and then rearranged. But when I I stopped the DVD halfway through episode four, and it took me most of the morning to get the heart to press play oh on the DVD no. again because I'm like, oh no, all I have left is. Tragedy. Oh aim.
1: oh aim. Oh
3: no. Oh no. Um and it was sad. I didn't cry. But I tried <laughs> to hard. I think I got very close. To not cry. I did. I did have to like sort of sit there and stare into the void for quite a while afterwards just to Yeah. I know I cried the first time round.
1: Very sad. Very sad.
3: Very sad.
0: you you were Aim, you were um, mm-hmm. given them to watch in Joel's preferred watching order, weren't you?
3: Joel basically picked a random order and then we sort of went, oh, what do we feel like today? Now, now Im- what sort of story do na- you want? What doctor do you want? And I was like, five. And yeah, had that now one. imagine watching tragic.
0: Earthshock after you've had, like, The best part of a year and a half of Adric. Oh my god! Because he was was one of the, he was one of Four's companions.
3: Yeah, end of Four. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you've you've had Adric in your. life You only had
3: about two or three episodes with. You've had
0: Adric in your life for quite a while, and then he's gone. Mm. Imagine, imagine how it felt then.
3: Yikes! Yeah, (laughs) my little boy.
1: God. I've so just I've just found the Doctor Who magazine preview of Earthshock so I will uh, keep that back for a bit.
3: do. <laughs> Shall we talk about the other two yes. companions
1: before yes. we get too sad? Let's uh, maybe roll it in with Wife for a bit because that makes uh, sense. Wife City is um, is inaccessible at the moment because a giant freighter crashed it? into it um, and blew it up. So we've got a. To...
3: How dare does are, are are all the wives residing in Wife yes, City? Yes, they're okay? fine. They were
1: evacuated. Okay,
3: few we
1: just can't make it there exactly
3: we can discuss it, exactly. though. Um, um, I wish that Nissa and Tegan had more to do in this yeah. story. I understand why there wasn't as much space, but I always wish they had more yeah. to do. Yeah, it's hard to juggle That's three companions,
1: take. especially when one of them is having their exit story. Um, and then you've also introduced a bunch of other side characters that kind of come in so to get many killed side and leave, and then another one comes in to get killed. So Nissa and Tegan are just kind of out wandering about. Tegan shows up, gets to kill a side man, which is great, but, like, other than that, she doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot to do except be her lovely bitchy self. And I do love her very, very much. Yeah. But um, it's not the most exciting time for them. No, sadly. And Nissa does literally just stand on the TARDIS going, no, we can't go and fight the Cybermen! We can't leave! <laughs> um,
0: she, she does kind of take control, though, for yeah, a bit. Yeah, no,
1: exactly. She's very in charge, which I very much appreciate. Yeah, Definitely
3: very little to say about them this week they are beautiful they're beautiful it's been well established in they're very beautiful it's established in podcast law that nissa is possibly my favorite um
1: from the very first episode i just wish she had more to
3: do i wish i
0: wish that in 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 retrospect my favorite was teela but teela she was the cave woman
1: leela yeah, Leela,
0: sorry. I'm say it again. Say it again she's, with uh...
1: confidence, Naomi, and I'll edit it so you say it right, right. the first time.
0: In in retrospect, my favourite was Leela.
1: Oh, right, okay. I fucking love Lila. Have we had a Lila no, story yet? No, so I have never either. seen a story. you so her. Lila.
3: You're going to well, adore her. As we said, our so
1: first Leela story is Wang Chiang, so that's going to be an interesting, to be an interesting one, interesting to, one record. Record. to record. Lots of research, <laughs> lots of critique. Lot, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah Wang Trang we oh, So yep. many problems. Mm, yeah.
1: <laughs> so little time.
2: On your knees no.
0: Really?
3: Yes. Lots of clinging. They're they're doing lots of classic Jamie 2 clinging. Yeah, and they
1: just stand so close to each other and they like hug and oh my god.
3: And the looks they give each other like in the first episode when the Doctor and Adric are having a domestic.
1: They are married. They are married. They're very married. And I love them. Oh my god. I mean, did you have any thoughts on <laughs> the lesbian relationship between Tegan and Nyssa as a nine-year-old, Naomi? <laughs>
0: um, not as a nine-year-old, no. But when I went back and re-watched them at a, a later date, I was very definitely of the, yeah, why didn't you actually make them a couple in the series? Okay, yes, yes, well, it, it was the 80s, so you wouldn't yeah. have been able to get it past the censors, but seriously? They could have done more. Yeah, they could have could have. Coded it a lot more. I mean, it was. Co- I don't
1: know. I think the coding is as far as they were able to go. I in think the 80s. coding is mostly in just how Sarah Sutton and Janet Fielding look at each other.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they are and, and really Janet, doing
1: the most for us.
0: And, and they are the two ends of the lesbian spectrum from the early eighties. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You've got the ultra femme <laughs> and the power dresser, and
3: again we've have another binary yeah, slide. Ul- yeah. yeah! <laughs>
1: You can do it to one end or the other, and if you do extreme either end, it unticks the canon lesbians box. It's so weird.
3: God damn it! Oblivion story maker doesn't work for Doctor Who.
1: Just makes me think about the Monster Factory episode. (laughs) Not while I'm having a sip of my drink. Oh my god! God, I love Monster Factory. It's so good. It's such a Comfort yeah, imagine watch. if this this serial had been done in the Mass Effect character editor.
2: <laughs> oh, oh no!
1: Oh no! I'm one of God's mistakes. If HP Lovecraft saw this, he would shit himself to death. That's what the creature from the pit is, I think. God. Um, anyway, anyway. Um, we have a couple of gay things. Um, Adric is queer coded to hell and back, and it helps that Matthew Warhouse is gay. Um, it's also gay.
3: Yeah. Um, does this make it burying your gays? No, because he's not canonically yes, out. and and sad. also
1: um, his his death serves the story in a way other than making straight characters sad, because they're all gay on that Tardis.
0: And and.
3: Um... Oh, I thought you were going to say because it made the dinosaurs <laughs> sad.
1: <laughs> well, it did also make the
3: dinosaurs sad.
0: <laughs> Naomi, you were gonna say um, something. I was gonna say something that's completely flown out of my head. Oh yeah, the the straight characters, straight in inverted commas, uh, yeah. didn't have a chance to be sad because the episode ended.
1: Yeah, and yeah. then they
0: were into a new story.
1: Well, they weren't sad anymore. <laughs> I don't know the, the the
3: fucking morose look on Five's face before they cut that shot of the bro- broken back. Yeah, that did get me. The
0: the absolute shock on his face for something like this could happen to him.
3: The guilt. Very impressed that Peter Davidson was able to get so many feelings into that one look. That
0: was one thing he was very good at. He was he was very good, um, emotional actor Peter Davidson.
3: Yeah, was very nuanced.
1: Great is I guess is a very and of course he is great in um, the audios as well. He's very very good in the audios.
3: Mm. Yeah. The only other things I have for the segment are the Android design (laughs) gay. The laser design yeah. Game. The, so that's what we call on the show, clutching at Yeah, the, the
0: lasers were just terrible. The, the lasers... Uh, I enjoyed watching them. That doesn't mean they were good. Yeah, I, I remember s- I, I was watching it on the rewatch and I was thinking, why... They had so much better visual effects in the 80s. Why did they choose this option?
3: Money, I imagine. Money. They probably burnt the budget on something. They could, have, they
0: could have drawn it in with a chalk pen and still looked <laughs> better. But you
1: have to do Gone that frame by frame. through
0: individual frames and drawn it in. I think it was the beginning of the obsession with computer effects.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. And if that was what was good computer effects. I mean, effect. just think, yeah. about think about the snake in Kinder.
1: Think about the snake in Kinder.
3: Do you mean a perfect, perfect boy? Yeah, a
1: perfect, perfect boy uh, or girl or whichever.
3: Um. A perfect snake. A perfect snake <sighs> yeah. child.
1: Nothing is wrong with that. It's just not the. It's not the queerest story. I mean, it quizzed societal expectations by killing off a Doctor Who companion in the nineteen eighties. But um yeah, it's 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 a character driven story and it's driven by the relationships between everybody, but it's not actually like a romantic drive for Adri because he's fourteen.
3: And it's not a subversive drive yeah. either.
1: We're we're building up to this moment where he fucking dies, and it's very effective, but it is not gay. <laughs>
0: Today's science fiction so often becomes tomorrow's science fact.
1: Right. Um Aim normally does the behind the scenes segment, but I have one which is from my uh long-awaited and uh, long-lamented segment on uh, cancelled Doctor Who story ideas. Um, This one was called The Enemy (laughs) Within and it was written by Christopher Priest with the opportunity to write this four-part story um, after his previous script had been (laughs) cancelled. Um... The scene breakdown was commissioned on fifth the 5th of December 1980 and the script on the 6th of February 1981. Priest's story idea dealt with the secret of what actually powered the TARDIS. In this case, fear. It's like fucking Pennywise from Oh, it. fucking love this. Somewhere hidden inside the TARDIS was the one being the Doctor feared above all others and the psychic tension between the <laughs> two of them produced the energy to move through space and time. The Doctor and the story involved the Doctor having to confront and ultimately defeat this fear and was designed to write out the character of Adric after hearing nothing from the production office with regard to his completed scripts or his payment from them Priest made contact with John Nathan Mm. Turner he was told that the scripts were unusable and that he would not be paid after a bitter dispute Priest was paid and both Nathan Turner and Eric Sayward forced to pen a letter of apology over their treatment of the writer the script was replaced by Saywood's script
0: for Earthshock like (laughs) i want to read that script now yeah me
1: too
3: i need i need the short trip version of this because i think that's where this story would christopher
1: priest the enemy within let's find out what's up with it (laughs) oh hang on no way is this the same guy oh man hmm well, apparently he wrote the he wrote the book The Prestige, but I don't know if it's the yes. same Christopher Priest. Oh no, there you go. It is the same Christopher Priest who wrote The Prestige. Yeah, he's he's, okay. he's been
0: writing for years. He's a. It's it's, it's like when they got Neil Gaiman he's to write one. It's that same level.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> they didn't produce it. I'm
3: pretty sure he came to talk to my university. Um, oh my god! Society, science fiction <laughs> society about something.
1: You could contact him out of the blue and be like, "Hey, can you be on my Doctor Who podcast, please?" Um, yeah, that sounds really, really cool. If you
3: want us to, it that's kind a bonus of episode me
1: of um, Journey to the Center of the Tardis, which is a strange episode that I want to rewatch at some point. Um, just in the idea of exploring the internal workings of this thing that is usually just used as a car to get from place to place, um, or edge of destruction, yeah. obviously. My, my beloved. Um,
3: yeah, I want yeah. that.
1: And now back to your 100. part of the segment.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Rosie. <laughs> Returning to our regularly scheduled behind the scenes, Earthshock was the only serial in John Nathan Turner's time as a producer where the episodes were all in the top 50 of programmes watched on British television. Um. Which is interesting. Mm. Um, so the the ending for Earthshock was inspired by um, a death in Coronation Street. I um, want to know which. I see your note there. About Sorry, which I've just found an interview with second. Christopher Priest. <laughs> Yes, he's probably done. The BBC commissioned
1: a second story called The Enemy Within because of the first going wrong. Again, it was written and paid for, but once again upheavals in the BBC wreaked havoc. They inflicted a total of three different script editors on me who all mucked around with the story and demanded different things. And the new producer turned out to be appalling little word-obscured-by-microphone noise and triumphant seagull cries who was more interested in being a media star (laughs) than actually working with a lonely writer like me. Holy shit. (laughs) What did he call JNT? Uh,
0: I've got no idea, but in the version of the interview I'm reading, it says censored by original interviewer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what it is. This is an interview with um, Ansible. Um, I'm going to pop that in my uh, show notes section.
0: That's David Langford. Yeah.
3: Anyway, um, back to Coronation Street, what this podcast is actually about. Um, so it was the death of Martha okay. Longcast, um who died um, uh, she without killed, warning she having the a pint <laughs> no she just died oh, in the pub no. she just um, passed out in front of a pint and died and then they ran the credits with no music and that's where J&T got the idea to run these credits I with see. no music I mean Doctor Who is a soap now offer. we know <laughs> evidently um so the next, the day after the final episode aired, a bunch of people called into the BBC because their children were inconsolable, which, you know, fair. And based on your descriptions, Naomi, it sounds yep. fair at the yep. time. <laughs> yep. Um, There was a lovely little documentary on the DVD um, called Putting the Shock into <laughs> Earthshock, which I thought was a notable title. Um, worth watching. It's really nicely put together, but they end it by talking about the silent credits at the end and how impactful it was and how emotional it was. And then the documentary credits <laughs> roll, and it's the theme <laughs> tune, very lovely, with a spinning CGI Cyberman oh head gosh. in the middle, which is then replaced by a spinning CGI um, mathematical excellence badge. And it's so out of tone oh for what god. they were just talking about that I just I need to applaud whoever made that editorial choice. It's I love perfect.
1: it. I love it. Oh
3: my god. Yeah already talked about this one. Um, Matthew Waterhouse recalled that his last day was sad, which, mm. you know, I'd probably also yeah. have been sad. Um, he was filled with champagne and then put in a taxi where Aww. he burst into tears, which... N- poor boy. Um, but apparently in the scene where 5 Teagan and Nissa are responding to Adric's death, they keep getting the giggles, oh, which... <laughs> Have, it's quite funny to imagine. Having
0: done a little bit of board treading in my youth, um, yeah. The really tense scenes where you've got to have really serious faces
1: for yeah. some reason As soon as you always, know you can't always, break. always
0: you break out into giggles and, and we, we we rehearse I can't remember what it was we were rehearsing Man Is Man by Bertolt Breck. There's one bit of that where you've all got to be very serious, and we rehearsed that ten fifteen times before we actually got to the point where we could do it without giggling, and then on the night we all burst into giggles <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's 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 a oh thing that God. happens all the time,
3: yeah, they said that's that was the um the reason 'cause you can't you do yeah 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 yeah
1: Rosie what's
3: What's uh-huh. in Inside the TARDIS, the world Well, there's Doctor a couple he. of different things.
1: Um, at one point, it says Earthshock contains too many plot loopholes to be one of, the gr- one of the great Doctor Who stories, but its chief success was that it restored the menace of the Cybermen. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> Did it? <laughs> they Did didn't it? kill Adric. Adric killed himself and the
0: dinosaurs. <laughs> um,
1: and pretty
0: much every single Cyberman you see on screen ends up getting killed.
1: Yeah, also, there are some 16 yep. violent deaths over the four episodes of Earthshock. Um, not including off screen ones I imagine but uh, Earthshock is allegedly a kind of return to the action adventure serial I don't know where it had gone that they needed to return to it but <laughs> there you are also they refer to the new look Cybermen known as Mark 5 with- as having sleek streamlined silver costumes <laughs> okay yeah, I would genuinely consider the team but... of the Cybermen ones sleeker um, and they're wearing wellies so (laughs) to be fair I think most aren't these don't these Cybermen's boots have laces I've just remembered this
0: these Cybermen are wearing like um, big moon boots I think we used to call them
1: yeah
0: huge huge Mm. huge rubber soles and they were basically made out of that puffy yeah fabric filled fake leather
1: yeah um but yeah, so Earthshock begins with the Doctor and his companions, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it exemplifies all the characteristic production traits of the Nathan Turner regime. A fast-paced narrative, glossy production design, a strong sense of continuity with the series past, and the presence of a familiar figure from television light entertainment. Um, that's it. That's his... Um, yeah, that's, that's him. That's his... I mean, um, I've also got... His legacy. Yes, there we go. I've got some Doctor Who magazine things up. There's a bit where in the preview for it, obviously they don't reveal that it was the Cybermen, um, the monster that kills from the shadows is one of the staple ingredients of the horror medium and there are many moments in this story which will make Earthshock appear to television as Alien did to the cinema with several nasty and unpleasant surprises along the way. Yeah, I really vividly remember the bit in Alien where a Cyberman... (laughs) Turned off and went excellent. Like, I remember when the xenomorph had an emotional conversation with Sigourney Weaver instead of stabbing her in the chest. Like, yep. It's not the same. (laughs) Oh my god. Earthshock is the alien of Doctor Who. Like, no, Ark in Space is the alien of Doctor Who. Oh my god. um Also, uh, it compares Peter Grimwade with our boy Christopher Barry uh, as a director, which is always good. I do think the direction is quite good. Do you love Christopher Um, Barry? And then we have some more uh, letters, <laughs> some letters to Doctor Who magazine, um, which you know I just think is—it's always fun when you have a couple of letters about it. Um, Go so on. we have—I thought I had two of these. Yeah, I've got two up that had it, I think. Um, <laughs> um I was sad because Adric had died. He was, I thought, one of the most natural and believable characters in Doctor Who. Although from Alzarius in eSpace, Adric had all the normal insecurities of a boy in his teens. Even in Earthshock, he had to make the Doctor prove that he cared about him as much as the girls by asking him to take the TARDIS on the dangerous journey into eSpace to Pterodon. If Adric had to leave, this was probably the best way. It would not have been in character for Adric to leave the Doctor. He was not yet secure enough to go out on his own to make a new life in a universe to which he was alien and so if Matthew Waterhouse felt that now was the time to move on from Doctor Who, then Killing Adric was, I think, the only way for him to go. Yeah. I was just sorry that the situation of his death was so hopeless. He had already broken two logic codes on the cyber machine when he was given the chance to leave the freighter in an escape boat. Not knowing that what he had done already was enough to save the Earth, Adric stayed on the freighter and sacrificed his life trying to break the remaining logic codes. It was so unnecessary. (laughs) Um... I think this is something we haven't mentioned.
3: Matthew Waterhouse found out that Adric was going to leave by dying when he saw a copy of Peter Grimmaid's script, grabbed it because he hadn't got his copy yet, read it, and was like, oh, fuck, they're no. killing me. JNT didn't sit down with Matthew Waterhouse and saying, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how we're handling it. He didn't really want to go.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, he he, yeah. he was pushed. He didn't fall. Yeah. Yep. Um,
1: <clears throat> there's probably. also a bit... Um, as an older viewer, I have kept track of the development of those recurring enemies, the Cybermen, since their first appearance, so please, please, please include a picture of the new Cyber design as soon as possible, preferably a full-length photo, so nuts like myself can get all the details. Any idea if the visibility of the mask was intentional or not? An intended glimpse of the shriveled thing under the silver armour or another production gaff? Either way, glad to see the Cybermen back. I thought it quite brave to kill off Adric like that. We're used to it in Blake 7, but it comes as a bit of a shock in Doctor Who. Cutting down the number of companions is probably good as it makes the stories easier to (laughs) plot. oh god i wonder how many horrible letters they received about how adric deserved to die probably quite a few right yeah that that
0: yeah what that first letter did remind me of a point the lieutenant and beryl reed escaped on the escape pod yeah yes 65 million years in the past
1: Oh. Yeah. And the
0: TARDIS had a broken console. So, what happened to them?
1: (laughs) Oh my god. Maybe they, like, start. Big finish. We need need it. it. We need it.
0: Did they become the ancestors of all human life?
1: Mm. Probably not, with
0: it being 65 million years ago, but, you know.
1: There's also uh, Doctor Who Magazine's review of Earthshock, which I'm not going to read in its entirety, obviously, but I find it fascinating that they're referring to the William Hartnell story as the dead planet instead of the tenth planet. Interesting
3: i thought interesting indeed i was actually really interesting yeah i love the idea
1: of i love the idea of i love the fact that the serials weren't always called what we call them now i like that
3: i also love the idea of it being like a broken institutional memory like maybe a bit of the mandela yeah. effect. also
1: the dead planet is a name of an episode of the daleks <laughs> um, yeah it's the
0: first episode of the daleks
1: Ugh. beautiful so, there we are um it's it's interesting because obviously we know that the rescue wasn't always called the rescue and all this other stuff. So it's always nice to come across. And I will link those in the show notes. Now that I've actually made the Tumblr page for the show notes.
3: Thank you. I you're a I star.
1: Um,
3: you do so much for this I, show. Yeah,
1: Thank you really you. do. Also, apparently, part of the reason Aww. they started doing repeats is because Equity has recently come had recently come to an agreement that allowed 26 more repeats to be shown on BBC on the BBC per year. Um, which I find fascinating <laughs> like they weren't like I understand why and I understand like royalties and residuals and I really appreciate that I just find it interesting that they they didn't repeat it because of the unions I love that um, up the unions
0: no, we'll all go except Michelle oh just
3: a minute I'm not gonna miss all no I-
0: Miss Shaw.
3: have you never heard of female emancipation
0: Liz this time I think he's right
1: Eric Sayward is he forgiven <laughs> no no. What were
0: we forgiving him for?
1: Oh, the twin dilemma novelization. Well.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And other stuff as well. And the twin Anthony dilemma. Yeah, the twin dilemma. Anthony Stephen was supposed to write the twin dilemma, but he couldn't manage it, so Eric Saywood wrote it. Eric Saywood's contributions ah. to Doctor Who are important, but they are also indicative of a trend in this era and into Six's era, which ended up being a little bit too dark, maybe. <laughs> um mm. Like they got so much success with this serial that they wanted to repeat what was successful about it and kind of failed.
3: Um Yeah. The resurrection of the Daleks and the revelation yeah, of the Daleks. And Attack
1: of the Cybermen.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um He Yeah, he, he would have been yeah. involved in that
2: one
1: yeah. Kind of up till Cartwell took over, I guess. Um And like, is this Grimdark Doctor Who? <laughs> If it is, it's not doing Grimdark very well, but it is
3: Grim and it yeah. is Dark.
1: I, Does I that make sense? I don't know what term to use, but I feel like Grimdark was the one that I came up with, where it's like, is this hopeless Doctor Who, where everything's terrible and bad? Um, and it's not necessarily with this one, because they still save the day, but when you're getting into, like, um, <sighs> Androzani or...
3: Uh, oh, God, Andrasani is absolutely Grimdark, Doctor Who.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Naomi, what are your
0: thoughts on Grimdark Doctor? <laughs> Not particularly well formed. The only ones that can st- that stand out for me are is it Time and the Rani, where where You've the got... Rani deliberately yeah. forces uh, it's Time and the Rani reincarnation on the Doctor at the beginning of the episode. That's when Oh, um...
3: is it the Rani
0: that Rani makes Rani the Doctor regenerate. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> yeah the, the the um the Rani caused the regeneration um, from six to seven.
3: Ah Yep. It's seven first. it's fucking. I, I, I love that one, but I'm a big Ronnie fan,
1: so some good physical and, comedy and I th- from I think,
0: I think some of the more recent some of the new who are definitely edging into Grimdark territory. Mm-hmm. Like the um the ones with the gas masks in the christopher eccleston i wouldn't series. call that
1: grimdark because literally they all live know.
0: yeah they all um, lived but i think they, yeah the... i think
3: i think the ending is what usurps that from yeah. being grimdark i think grimdark has grimdark like, is
1: midnight
0: is the, what i lack of hope persists grimdark until dark the is end. midnight, midnight
3: yeah.
1: is the the logical conclusion of all of these grimdark elements of doctor who and <laughs> everyone's like midnight's so good midnight's so good and i'm like midnight makes me want to die it's so stressful <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want from Doctor. It's Who. really good, though. This is what I want from Doctor Who is the thing, even though I know objectively yeah, it's good. I don't want the Doctor get, to get shouted at and disbelieved by everybody. <laughs> I don't want anyone to die. Oh. It's stressful, is what I'm saying. Um, and mm. I think that this episode straddles the line between stress and tension quite well. Yeah. Which
3: I think, like to, again, to contrast it with the um, the Empty Child. Um... That was it, yeah. And that ending of everybody lives versus the ending of. The dinosaurs all Every die. <laughs> single option that. Uh, yeah. The, the Every single option that Adric could have to escape is systematically taken. Like marking it as a fixed event in time because it caused Earth to progress as it would have. Um, having the Cyberman shoot his consoles, but even if he got it right, he would never know because yeah. his options were taken from
0: him. Like it's the lack of autonomy. in didn't Ad- didn't the EU give Adric a second chance? Yes, the EU did. Yeah. Him. It was very
1: complicated, though. <laughs> Andrew Sachs plays him because they didn't want to spoil who it was, and it's like some kind of weird time displaced version of Adric who's gone mad.
0: Um, ah yes I remember
1: I haven't actually listened to it but I need to The Boy That Time Forgot that one um, that was it yeah I have a very I have a very extensive knowledge of what is in Big Finish Audios I just haven't listened to all of them because money
0: I've I've listened to a few but I I'm not I very I good with audiobooks so. yeah. I, I have trouble focusing on them so I have to be really really dedicated to listening to them
1: yeah i think big finish
3: yeah, uh like the stage where there's just so much that i need to decide to start listening yeah. i think big, big finish bright. is very
1: good at being dark without being grim um although sometimes it does edge like yeah. spare parts is dark without being grim jubilee is i used to say edging to grim but it's still very very good and i love it rob sherman hit us up please be on the podcast um please We could probably ask him <laughs> he
3: would probably yeah. say yes um
1: yeah. get in him to be on an episode about snake dance or something <laughs> that would be um, really good we, we could we can make snake yes, dance happen sooner rather than later
3: if we can get uh, yeah
1: but yeah it's oh, i guess now i have to try and explain my problem with the development of cybermen <laughs> again
3: yes you can do you this
1: thing you have from chicks chick's day tunnels. i can cool. yeah
3: it is. So this is from um, an essay about the season by Jenny Hughes called Harking Back and Moving On, talking about, again, the development of um, the season of Doctor Who, um, especially facing the changes that it was taking over from Tom Baker, who was so established that it needed to gain tra- from gain the trust of fans that it was moving forward without changing completely. Um, so Earthshock tells us that the programme's history is important, but it appeals to Doctor Who's history without really engaging with it. The Cybermen's cyber video account of their history with the Doctor gives them weight and legitimacy as a threat. These are not just generic baddies, it tells us. But since the story itself had them act entirely out of character, I'm fairly sure smugness in <laughs> the animation, and completely ignores what's really scary about them, it's ultimately an empty statement. Yes, Earthshock has the Cybermen come to life and burst out their pods, echoing iconic moments from 60s stories, but this imagery is not enough. Without the body horror element, their unique menace is squandered. Mm.
2: Yeah, Yeah. there's no completely threats of conversion.
3: I want the threats of conversion. Oh, no, my lawyer's following that again. Give me 30 oh, seconds. Feel free to keep talking. Yeah, the, the,
1: the conversion threat is just completely absent from this story, and it really removes the specific net menace of the Cybermen. Yeah. Um, there, is,
0: like, like I next. said, there is no updating.
1: Yeah, there's no thought towards the expansion of the cyber race. um There's only the thought of we want to stop ourselves from being involved in a war. Whereas the Cybermen, without emotion, would go, oh, we'll just kill all of them. Like they're not, yeah. they don't fear war. They would go, mm. oh, they're attacking us. We're gonna convert as many as we can and kill the rest. Like they don't care. Um, yeah. See,
0: one, one thing about the Cybermen that always stood out to me is they're basically robotic space vampires.
1: Yeah, They go
0: around converting Ooh, like everybody else <laughs> to become themselves. And this episode has none of that vampirism in it at all.
1: Mm, that's a really good thought, actually. And I guess it kind of... Obviously, Frankenstein and, and Dracula are two different things, but the classic horror elements of it is kind of fun to root it in the new series. Um, mm. And it is also a Frankenstein story about how, how much of yourself... is a ship of Theseus problem, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. about how much of the human can you replace before it's no longer human, and the answer is the emotional part, apparently. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's like, they say they've removed their emotion; like, they don't restate their thesis statement of being Cybermen at any point in the serial, they're just robots, evil robots. Um who want to take over the Earth, but then we don't know why and we don't, like, we know they want to stop this conference, but again, like I said, the Cybermen are supposed to believe in their own superiority to the extent that they refuse to believe they can be defeated, which is why the Doctor manages to beat them all the time. Um, because logically they should always win. (laughs) Um, It's just- I've talked about this all the time, like, even in Attack of the Cybermen they had the, the conversion threat because, um, the baddie whose name i've forgotten (laughs) the one who the doctor misjudges so badly gets converted and you're like oh my god this is a threat that i understand
0: yeah Yeah. i mean there there were there were even moments in the story for them to actually bring the conversion um threat into the story like the missing crewmen we don't find out what happened to those missing crewmen they're just missing
3: take it back even earlier, Have rather than the people in the caves being dead, have them... Yeah, exactly.
1: Murdered. That's what I assumed was going to happen, which I think is why I misremembered there. Yeah, appearing. me too. Yeah.
0: The, 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 the setup was there to use the Cybermen properly, but they did. it didn't get used.
3: Why do we think that the show so regularly mishandles They don't Cybermen. understand...
1: What they're trying, like, like they don't think about Kit Peddler and Jerry Davis's initial intent with the creature, they just know, oh, robots. And they wouldn't have been able to rewatch a lot of the things, which w- me- means that they wouldn't have that that makes sense through line Whereas now we can,
3: I mean, them. one would hope there'd be something like a show Bible where it says, These are your <laughs> themes, these are your, but they, they um, were,
1: but JMT was deliberately bringing in new writers who hadn't written for Doctor Who before, rather but surely than relying they, on they the had access story.
0: to the old scripts, if nothing else. you
1: fucking hope, wouldn't you? <laughs> But I ugh.
3: would this would this entire story have been differently impactful if it hadn't been the Cyber if it, if it had been same threat same levels new villain. I think
1: it needs to be someone that the Doctor has encountered before in like for the story because a, a lot of it is about his understanding mm. of the threat, whereas others don't understand that the Cybermen are going. But... I think
0: it would have worked better with the Santarans.
1: Oh, maybe I the think...
0: Santarans that would make so much sense. It would have what, made more what sense, what yeah. If
1: what if, guys, it was a Cyberman story and the Cybermen converted Adric as an asset because he's good at maths, and that would make sense as well. And that was Adric's exit. That would make me really sad. Is that he gets sad. converted I mean, and he manages to fight off the programming for like a long enough moment to crash the Threator into the Earth, right, with the Cybermen <sighs> on it, rather and than. And that would
0: have made it true, Grimdark.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that would be really. Yeah. and it would have tied into the oh. thick, god i should have been writing doctor who in the 80s obviously jane I mean. you
3: should have been um. okay let's get our time machine throw you back there
1: yeah it's just god i think we might just have to have a cybermen special episode at some point where we just try and plan out like a new side we've got
3: episode. the like, we've got the cybermen versus borg oh, yes yeah. which i think I need to, to really
0: watch more borg is that the is that the comic
3: well, there is a comic. Oh no! This is just a general, yeah. This is just a general discussion point because we keep talking and the about, that Man. Right? <laughs> we talk about the Cybermen. So we thought we might as well just dedicate an episode yeah. to it. Because so the
0: Cyberman versus it. the Borg comic was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I need to read it. I need to you're, read, you're, read it. Need to get hold of it somehow. You've got the
0: doc, doctor joining up with Picard.
1: I've been really back on my Trek kick recently, <laughs> so I need to. Uh... Really? No, have I you? know I you never would have noticed. I've been editing our special episode never that we knew. recorded while you were here, and we just talk about oh so much Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's going to be
3: a really yeah. fun one. I think um, how is it? It must be a hellish one. It's to actually edit.
1: really not bad because there's only one track, so I just kind okay, of go. Good. Eh, I'll just kick out. You know the bits where you had to go and fight your salad, and then you know the rest will be fine. But yeah, I, I mean the story that. itself we've talked about what works and what doesn't we've talked about the various plot holes <laughs> so it's yeah. good you know but it's also not it's good. great because of the problems Perfect. that we've talked about um, yeah. anything else to
3: critique about it that we've not mentioned
0: the, the only thing that stood out for me because it's like 40 years since I last watched it was how dated mm. the special effects looked I'd forgotten. I mean, I've watched Blake Seven recently, so I knew what to expect. But it's like they gave Blake Seven old money, and Doctor True just got the leftovers.
1: I mean, that feels insane to me because Blake Seven feels like it has no money. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit where they're looking up at the scanner where there's pl- where there's ships and it's just dots, it's just chalk dots.
0: True. I can't wait to get to Blake True. Seven. I think Blake, Blake Seven. I, I've got a soft spot for Blake Seven because that was the first proper sci-fi that I actually watched on telly. Nice, nice.
1: Doctor Who being science fantasy, of course.
0: Doctor Who, I never really counted it as science fiction. It was just a fun show that I watched a couple of times a week. <laughs>
1: Fair enough, fair enough. And Blake
0: 7's... Blake Blake 7... I watched Blake 7 before I saw Doctor Who as well. Because my dad was a huge Blake 7 fan. Nice. He he fell in love with it from episode one. So he used to let me stay up to watch it when it was on.
1: Cool. How did you feel about the last
0: episode? Exactly the same as everybody else who's ever watched it. And really, really... I came up with so many scenarios for how Avon survived. (laughs) So many scenarios.
1: Show us your teen fanfic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I never wrote any fanfic for Black 7, but I'm willing to share with the world. (laughs) Let me get this straight. A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard, it can move anywhere in time and space? Yes, quite so. But
1: that's ridiculous yes okay so i decided this episode to focus on companion deaths um in the in the canon and in the expanded universe because you know it's it's interesting how uh how few have died in the grand scheme of things right yeah. like in the original in i think adric is the first yes.
3: long adric is the first recurring
1: die. in more than one serial uh oh well katarina is in more than one serial but she's in the myth makers and then she dies in the dalek master plan which i think is directly the next serial <laughs> um so it's kind of you know katarina and sarah die in the darling master plan because it's a 12 episode odyssey of insanity and darkness except for the christmas episode in the middle (laughs) i haven't watched it (laughs) i'm going to one day but it's almost all recon and i don't have the energy i don't have it i can't watch recons I've tried, I've tried. Um, But yeah, so Katerina dies of um, ejecting herself out of an airlock to save everyone else from this person who's grabbed her. Uh, And then Sarah um, kind of dies, but gets uh, in the EU, she's just alive again. And I haven't managed to dig deep into why, um, but she is in the Five Companions, my beloved. (laughs) Which is... Uh, a for, for Naomi's benefit is a Big Finish subscriber exclusive audio that I bought on eBay for quite a lot of money
0: um, <laughs> I, I, I can relate to that sort of behaviour
1: yeah it's got like who was I to deny a story that has Ian, Stephen Polly, Sarah Kingdom and Nyssa in it like not me <laughs> <laughs> it's,
3: yeah. it's, it sounds like somebody made it for you yeah, specifically. they just
1: needed to have Barbara in it, but obviously they hadn't recast Barbara by that point, and it has William Russell in, so it would have been weird and sad. Um, as mm. it is, it's very sweet when Stephen and Ian recognise each other. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Katerina and Sarah. Um, Katerina recently got revived in the EU in an audio that I really need to buy, which is a multi-doctor one and two story i'm fairly sure that has one stephen and katarina and i think two jamie and zoe and it's just i've listened to the sample which is usually like almost an entire episode <laughs> and it was very good mm-hmm. so highly recommended um then obviously Adric died our boy our son um Wait, what? When did that happen? Uh, You might not have watched the episode. (laughs) And then we have we have chameleon who dies in I think uh, Planet Fire. I think
0: that's the that's the how chameleon die. Yeah.
1: Okay, so so
3: Naomi, one thing you may not have known about our show is that we love chameleon.
1: Our our favorite,
3: and it's impossible to say a bad word about our favorite companion (laughs) who deserves better.
1: Okay. I can hear the glare.
0: Okay.
1: He's great. Um yeah, he gets destroyed. We've not actually watched a chameleon story he yet, gets, either. No, we, we haven't. He gets destroyed by the using the tissue compression <laughs> eliminator. Um and his last his last words were destroy me, please.
0: He got took over by the master, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he does get taken over yeah. by the master. Yep.
0: Yes, I remember that storyline as well.
1: Yeah. Um, And then apparently in uh, The Day of the Doctor they have a picture of Chameleon, which I'm very pleased about. Um, Yeah, so Chameleon explodes or something. And then we don't have any canonical companion deaths until New Who, unless you count the bit in the 8th Doctor movie where they die and then get brought back through some Superman shenanigans. (laughs) Um, But I don't, because otherwise we'll be here all day with reverse companion deaths. I don't, no, that doesn't count. Um, Then we have Canine Mark III blows up in School Reunion. Um which is of course very sad. Fuck. Um But then we get K9 mark 4. Yeah, we do at get K9 so. 4 at the end and it's very sweet. Master rebuilt me and I'm like, oh my god, K9 uh, again, which, which one Thieves was
0: the one that it? ran off with Romana Was that K9 2? 2
1: 2 yeah. Yeah. two goes off with Romana And then the Doctor sends Sarah Jane Mark 3 Which we see in the five Doctors uh, And then obviously In SGA she has Mark 4 uh, And it's all very sweet Also in K9 and Company of course The most important cinematic uh, Television creation of all time
0: <laughs> I have not watched any episodes of that yet
1: I haven't either There's, only, There's only, one. only one
0: episode right <laughs> Um, I I intend to watch that at some point they
1: got it in one and they decided not to create any more they knew they'd done (laughs) it perfectly Um, (laughs) then we have Astrid Peth who died in Void of the Damned because they couldn't afford Kylie Minogue more than once I guess Um,
0: I'm guessing so yes
1: and then River obviously dies in her first appearance and then returns, but like we always know that she's going to eventually die. It's very sad. Um, mm. And then Amy and Rory died. Oh, I'm still not Did... over it. I'm still not over it.
0: But do they die? Yes. Is it technically yes. a death? Yeah, we see
1: their graves.
0: Yes, ah, right. yes. we see they their die. graves. Oh no, they went back in time, didn't they? Yeah, yes. they
1: get sent they went back, back in time, time little long for life the and then die. They cannot visit them because of the quantum entanglement or whatever. So... God, it's so fucking sad. Sorry, it's so sad. Oh, no. Are you okay? I, I always you know you forget until I mention them how much I love Amy and Rory. They are so good. Um, yeah, I'm only counting companions who died and haven't returned post-mortem in their personal timeline or Clara will be on there and Bill and also Rory and Amy again but for different reasons. Um,
3: I love Doctor Yeah, it's
1: very, very good. Um, it's also like, you know, there's so many companions that die and come back. I would... I would I would wager I guess at nearly all of them. Um <coughs> also the brigadier does die canonically in the new series and um, but then there's some complicated stuff going mm. on with the brigadier dying in the in the expanded universe that I don't really understand. Um but you know they report that he has died and it is very sad <laughs> and you're like no, Eleven must have visited him before he died. We can't have him not visit him before he died. Mm um but yeah and then there's uh we move on to the expanded universe there's the one where ace dies which is a, a comic called ground zero which josh snares did a motion comic of that was very cool oh no nice. uh she blows up a lobby, which is an alien that does like I-, I can't quite understand it i think it's the end of a longer arc um she blows it up by shoving nitro nine in its mouth and exploding it um which is extremely iconic and then she dies in the seventh doctor's arms <laughs> Fucking tragic. She's not allowed Absolutely to die. Not. Um, then we have one more cancelled story, <laughs> finally, um, which Go is called on. The Lost. It's a, it's a treat of an episode The, this the Lost Cancel Legion stories. by Douglas Canfield. Um, this four part story was commissioned on the 22nd of January 1976. The story would involve the Doctor and Sarah Jane arriving in North Africa as an isolated French Legion outpost. No problems already. Um, this has become the battleground for a fight between two alien races, the Scarcell and Kurians. The story was planned to write out the character of Sarah and would see Sarah killed by one of the aliens. The first script was submitted on 9th February 1976 and removed from the series schedule in April 1976. Canfield would continue to work on the scripts delivering the final part on 24th September 1976, but the production team were no longer interested in pursuing the story.
0: <laughs> so they basically let him write these scripts and didn't bother telling him that they weren't going to use them.
1: Yeah, I think because they already paid them. I feel like, like they it. paid them in a, like some kind of stipend or something to do it, is my understanding. Mm. I don't really know how script commissioning worked for Doctor Who back in the day, because obviously now they plan it all out in advance and they know exactly what they're doing. And if something falls through it's like panic stations, whereas with this they seem to have about three things ready for every time slot. (laughs) Um uh, and then there's Jamie dies in the World Shapers comic, which we've talked about before. Um and then Nissa dies in the big finish audio, The Entropy Plague, but obviously this is false because she's alive and well and on Earth and married to Tegan. Yeah. Um
0: That was that was made canon.
1: That's yep. Yeah. Very, very, very canon, and we love them very much. Um and then Liz mm-hmm. Shaw dies in the Virgin New Adventure Eternity Weeps and she gets killed by a terraforming virus, which made me think of Search for Spock. Um <laughs> Oh. a movie that I thought was good until about an hour in when I realised that I hadn't cared about anything that happened for the past like 20 minutes um, <laughs> there's good stuff in it
0: there's very yeah. very
1: good and gay stuff in it <laughs> but most of it is not very good and then we get Voyage Home afterwards which is of course a perfect film in every way
0: perfect yeah movie. Star Trek it's the odd number curse
1: mm, all the odd yeah. number
0: movies were not great and all the even number movies were fantastic
3: I'm on Star Trek oh. six now, actually, in my oral history of Star Trek book.
0: Six.
1: Um, the, um, um, the, yeah. no, the the final God frontier. I'm just No, that's five is the final frontier. The God episode. Yeah, <laughs> fun. Oh no! Um, but apparently, between
0: five work. and
3: six, they pitched a stuff um, Star Trek: The Academy. year. I heard about wild. that. Nobody liked it. No, nobody liked it because they wouldn't have been able to come back. <sighs> to work well now strange fired. new
1: worlds is basically doing that so
3: yes
1: i know I can't wait. anyway Chapel, anyway this is not a star yes, trek yes it is well, let's be real <laughs> Di-
0: discoveries on uh, netflix from november yeah
1: oh my god i'm so excited
0: <laughs> new series oh my god the yeah. new season yes, I saw yes! New um, this
1: morning oh my yeah.
0: god okay that, i need that, to that's finish my postseason three
1: thick before then <laughs> <laughs> i only watched it like two weeks ago okay <laughs> And how, how long did it, three, did it take you, Three days. You, Rosie, three days. Watch... I was in a depression spiral. Yeah. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot to write when the Expanded Universe segment started. I'm just going to say, like, 2.05. Um... Maybe. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then I said to talk about Earth Shock Part 5, which is on the DVD, but then I didn't manage to watch it.
3: Um, Holy shit. <laughs> I did watch like it. It's like the
1: claymation thing where Adric Sorry. gets eaten by a dinosaur, right?
3: It's a 30-second claymation...
1: Bit where Adric
3: lands on Earth absolutely fine, and he's like, Oh, okay, that's fine. And then a T Rex eats him, and the Cyberman head is
2: excellent.
0: <laughs> was that like Adult Swim or something?
1: It was a fan made one. <laughs> Crazy stuff um then the short trip of the episode i read the immortals by simon gerrier my beloved it's a real episode for my beloveds (laughs) um it was in short trips past tense and it is a historical story i think it's a pure historical actually now i think about it um which is about some eastern european early medieval people in like the early 10 hundreds the early thousands um who think that they are being raided by aliens by monsters and the doctor is like hmm because essentially they they're trying to like defeat them with arrows but the arrows aren't piercing their armor and they're like how can this be um because it doesn't look like they're wearing proper armor and then the doctor goes and talks mm. to this other camp of raiders and it turns out that they're not monsters they're just from like the mongolian steppe or something um and the 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 eastern europeans are being racist um and the the like the armor that they were wearing is actually they're wearing silk and the way that short bows work the arrows lost acceleration and just didn't manage to pierce through the silk at that distance that they were shooting from which i find very interesting um Mm. the doctor is sorting all this out with adric nissa and tegan meanwhile are back at the camp with um, Udilf and uh, his, like, various other people, Issa and other people, Nyssa and Tegan. Tegan is very annoyed that everyone is expecting her to do woman's work or whatever, you know, being misogynist at her. And Nyssa is like, but we can't disrupt the timeline. And Tegan is like, I don't care. I'm going to tell everyone that their stories about the Romans are bullshit. I love her. Um... It's, it's very very good and while they're doing all that the Doctor is talking to the Raiders and then they, they come back and the Doctor is like I think I know a way of peacefully resolving this situation and everyone's like D- you're insane um, <laughs> so Adric and Tegan are on the side of fighting back and helping them fight back with like newer technology and Nyssa is on the Doctor's side of like hey we shouldn't uh, interfere in this one because we're from the future and the result is that Adric invents the longbow 200 years early <laughs> <laughs> that's my um, boy he introduces it to early medieval eastern europe and then i of course had to google when the longbow was invented and it turns out that there were longbows in like the iron age and stone age but they worked slightly differently and probably weren't as efficient as the ones that were used later on um five gets described as girlishly pretty <laughs> um and having a feminine voice and i was like yes 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 your doctor is gnc as fuck ah, love
2: it um
1: But yeah, the history of longbows I was actually vaguely interested in. Um, Traditionally it's been argued because we don't actually have evidence of like the earliest use of the longbow. Um, that prior to the beginning of the 14th century, the weapon that was called a longbow was a self bow between four and five feet in length, which is now known as a short bow, and is drawn to the chest rather than the ear, so it's not as um, doesn't have as much force behind it. Uh, however, in 1985, Jim Bradbury reclassified this weapon as the ordinary wooden bow, reserving the term short bow for short composite bows and arguing that longbows were a developed form of this ordinary bow. <laughs> And then some people decided. Somewhere there's going to be a listener who zoned out
3: five minutes ago and has just come back to a history of the longbow. That's the podcast
1: experience. Strickland and Hardy in 2005 took (laughs) this argument further, suggesting that the shortbow was a myth and all early English bows were a form of longbow. I'm imagining
3: that um, astronaut meme with. Wait, that's a <laughs> always, has been. always has been. In 2012,
1: been. Richard Wodge uh, concluded that longbows coexisted with shorter selfwood bows in England in the period between the Norman Conquest and the reign of Edward III. But the powerful longbows shooting heavy arrows were a rarity until the later 13th century. Whether or not there was a technological revolution at the end of the 13th century, therefore, remains in dispute. What is agreed, however, is that the English <laughs> longbow bit. is an effective weapon system evolved in the late 13th and early 14th centuries. Basically, Edward, I think the first, not no, hang on, not Edward the first. Maybe Edward the first. And Edward <laughs> um, ended up developing like tactics and how to use the longbow as an effective fighting in an effective fighting force. So it's entirely possible that it existed beforehand. It's just that Adric also introduced how to attack with longbows and they were able to pierce through all these silk like things. And Five goes up to Adric and is like, You do realise how many more thousands of people are going to die because of this, right? <laughs> um, so I guess Adric is a war criminal. Um, <laughs> and that's the conclusion that the story draws. It's very good. I love a pure historical, as you know. I <laughs> yep. really, whenever I'm reading Simon Garrier, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. So, highly recommended. I don't want to spoil too much of it. <laughs> Obviously, I've spoiled a lot of it, but there's a lot of fun little choice details that I enjoyed very much. Um, at one point, Tegan calls someone an archetypal chauvinist. And then the Doctor reveals that uh, Robin Robin Hood taught him to use a longbow.
3: I absolutely
1: love Doctor Who.
0: Robin Hood taught Doctor Who, how to use a longbow. Yeah,
1: before he became known as Doesn't Robin Hood. Doesn't it make so much sense? It was like sense. before the before the myth. It was the real guy.
0: Yeah, the, the the real guy who came back from the Crusades in the 11th or 12th century. I think it was.
1: I mean, isn't that what the 2019 Robin Hood is about? <laughs> That's a weird I ass seen it. Film. I just know it's got Taron edited in it.
3: <laughs> it's. I mean, I highly recommend it if you just want a bizarre watching experience. It's nice. not good. I will put but it on fun. the list
1: for uh me and Alex's movie nights.
3: Oh, that sounds perfect. I watched it with Joe and we spent the entire
1: time just yelling at I, the screen. I,
0: I regularly yell at the screen with Robin Hood stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've got Prince of Thieves on DVD now, so I've gotta watch that.
0: <laughs> Excellent. I, I I was raised being told by my mum and my dad and my grandfather that um I was descended from robin hood that he was one of our one of my ancestors mm.
1: are you from nottingham <laughs> okay how would they do that sorry yeah.
0: uh, no my mum's maiden name was loxley ah.
1: yeah. see i'm from nottingham so i get the cultural legacy of robin hood
3: um, yeah my mum's from nottingham and i went to uni there so i get
1: is that somewhere. horrifying robin hood experience still open it's like a dark ride Sadly, no. That. I remember years going ago. on it as a child and being otherwise. I would go every single
3: time I was there.
1: <laughs> I think I went it as a kid. It was traumatic. Well. It was horrible, but also great. Yeah. Like the Plymouth Dome. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, no longer there. Anyway, rankings.
3: Um, anyway, rankings. So we start with our X of the week, which is just a thing that we enjoyed.
1: A cat, an arbitrary category um, in which we choose something from the serial to celebrate. Yeah,
3: I think my ex of the week is going to be domesticity of the week, which is seeing Adric's of bedroom.
1: Uh, my ex of the week is bait and switch of the week with expecting Adric to leave to eSpace and then actually he just dies.
3: <laughs> you laugh. Adric dies yeah, and you're I, I laughing. Have. I'm very
1: sorry. I'm still thinking about the crash zoom on the cyber leader as he says, explode the bomb. That's also crash <laughs> zoom of the week, to be fair. That's fair. My, yes.
0: Mine's gonna have to be impression of the week, with Cyberleader doing his impression of Christopher Lee.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> Yep, Very good.
1: Is it still Seriously, um... I
0: I had to look it up on IMDB to make sure it wasn't Christopher Lee.
1: Mm. I'm looking at who is it still Michael Kilgareth?
0: I believe so, yeah. Um... Um, Cyber Cyberleader. No, David Banks was doing ah. Cyberleader on Earth Shock.
1: Oh, Michael. Oh, was, pardon me. S- Michael Kilgareth is the cyber controller, not the cyber leader. Pardon me. Um, <laughs> How could you? I confuse know dreadful. Those two?
0: But yes, he was—he was seriously channeling Christopher Lee.
1: Mm.
0: He really was.
1: Yeah, it's—it's it's a very particular tone, isn't it, in the voice? Um, it, it's
0: the R, its the RP pronunciation and RP pronunciation, the re, re, received pronunciation and the actual tone of voice as well. It's—it's. It's, unmistakable
1: here you go hello Shimmer <laughs> hello Shimmer <laughs> um yeah now we move on to podcasting's most celebrated segment <laughs> the most beloved of Heck all yes. mini segments in an already mini segment
3: if we ever win any
2: awards it'll be this
1: <laughs> um <laughs> So we have a degree of one this week, which is nice. David Bacher, I don't know how to pronounce it, um, was, yeah, Bash, Bacher, something like that. It was an uncredited trooper, uh, was in the Blake 7 episode Spacefall as Avon's brother, Um, which is fairly easy. Spacefall is, I think I did write this down somewhere. (laughs) Spacefall is another interesting and excellently written episode from the first season of Blake 7. Um, It's season one, episode two, so I have seen it. I have seen yes. it I thought i had seen it it is the episode that Avon first appears in um, and I believe the episode in which he says money is the only reality which is my favourite line I <laughs> just I love it and I love him um, but yeah it's a very good episode I'm going to get the IMDb trivia up because it's been a while since I've done that on a Blake 7 segment uh, this was the first episode to be filmed but the second in broadcast order <laughs> <laughs> Vela is shown to perform magic tricks something he would do again in Blake 7 The Keeper and Blake Seven, Sarcophagus Um, Uh, Robbie Coltrane of Harry Potter fame has a walk by as a prisoner on the London (laughs) some good ones here Um, and then the last piece of trivia this is the last time that giblet Blake being framed as a child molester is mentioned in the series um probably i need to watch this show it sounds probably for the best wild. yeah episode one he gets framed as a child molester so people will stop following his revolutionary Jeez. politics um.
3: <laughs> damn it i hate I it know, when that happens, it happens to me all
1: the time it happens to my buddy eric um yeah, and then slightly related into the sense that I was looking into the cast, Um, the guy, James Warwick, who plays Scott, has this fascinating career, where obviously he was in this, before this he was in a couple of, you know, TV serials, Um, he was in um The Seven Dials Mystery, he was in Tales of the Unexpected as a guy called Dr. Scott, all very, you know, coincidental... Um, And then after that, he was in a couple more live-action things, and then he just started doing voice acting, which I find wonderful. Like, he was in the Fantastic Four series, he was in the Iron Man series, um, and then he just has this second life doing Qui-Gon Jinn voices in video games, (laughs) which I really love. Like, wow. he, was, he was, I, I therefore grew up listening to this guy because I spent a long time trying to beat a particular jumping puzzle in uh Star Wars The Phantom Menace <laughs> this one jumping puzzle where a bridge wow. on I think, Naboo breaks and you have to jump over all these poles and once the game glitched out so the bridge didn't break so I just walked across the bridge and there were like 700 droids stood in like T-poses and I was like no nope, no nope. and I never played the game ever again Wow. Anyway, I have no, no, nothing to add yeah. other than wow. Um, so that's James Warwick's career, and that's six wow. degrees of like seven. <laughs> How would we rank this episode
3: out of five? I'd probably give it four missing sonar oh, detectors no. out of five, mainly because of the emotional impact of the
1: ending. Yeah, I would give it uh three and a half crash zooms out of five because adric's death is really really effective but i did zone out for quite a lot and also i'm just so mad about the cybermen (laughs) treat the cybermen right doctor who come on
0: i will rate it um four and a half double decker buses out of five
1: we've got a nice nice spam there three and a half to four and a half uh averages out to a solid 4 where shall we put it on our our rankings
3: I'll pop the rankings in the chat for you Naomi I would probably put it Mm. and now I'm just going down below ones Mm. I enjoyed better
1: (laughs) I would put it under fury from the deep and over varos or maybe under varos and over seeds of death I'm not sure
3: I'd be happy with it going between those two
1: We'll wait for Naomi's thoughts, and I will get the Mighty Two Hundred poll up.
0: Um, how do I? Uh, if you click on the
1: ranking? second sheet at so the bottom, the overall ranking sheet, it has a ranking tab.
0: Ah, got ya. Yeah. Sorry, I'm it a bit is fine. By don't worry about it. That's
3: okay. Do not worry. Editing can do magical things.
0: See, you've not got. No, Genesis we haven't watched it. On
3: we've yet. only got the ones we've done so far. So this is just ranking them as we watch them in a random order.
1: So at the moment number one is right. Remembrance of the Daleks, and number thirty-three is the Twi'nderlanta. So it has to go somewhere around in the middle
0: there. <laughs> <sighs> I would put it. Oh, Fury from the Deep! I'd put it close to possibly. Yeah. I'd say just little Fury, Fury from, from the, Deep the Deep. So much. Yeah, I, totally
1: think yeah I think if we put it, yeah, between Deep and Varos, because you know, I think it cool. Cool. it it if it handles darkness a little bit better than Varos does. <laughs>
3: hey, I think that the Doctor making jokes about throwing people in vats of okay, acid Okay, I also funny. think
1: that, but that's not what I was saying. <laughs> that's not what I was saying. That's shocking. Right. Shock. Where do we think it's going to be out of 200 on the Doctor Who magazine ranking from 2009? I'm going to guess around 23.
0: Um, I'm, I'm going to say somewhere in the middle of the top You have to 50, give a yeah. number, because otherwise... <laughs> um... I'd, I'd say
1: 20, I'd agree with gonna them,
0: 23. I'm going to say 40. Nice. 19, hell yeah! Oh, I
1: was just being so close. Um, yeah, 19, above The Deadly Assassin and below The I'm Evil about, just, of the Daleks, which that's... today has its BFI showing. Um very yeah. exciting. It, it just
3: strikes See, me as a I, memorable I, I, story. I
0: was kind of chea- cheating a little bit because I knew that it came 17th in the uh... 1997 Doctor Who magazine. <laughs> yeah. So I was cheating a little very bit. Very cool,
1: very cool. <laughs> um, yeah, well. I think it's time for the outro in that case. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah, let's do it. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Reversing Polarity. And Naomi, Hell thank yeah, you so thank much you. for joining us. It has been an absolute it, hoot. Um, do you want to?
0: I enjoyed every second.
3: Amazing. Do you want to plug anything or promote anything, considering that this episode is um, going to go up in probably about yeah. six to eight months' time?
0: If you haven't already, listen to the entirety of the campaign trail.
3: It's good, that. <laughs> Very good. Um, that's um, the D&D Podcast that yes D and D D and
0: D real play podcast politics and where, comedy yes Dungeons and Dragons yes. and democracy yeah um, where I get to play where I get to play a character that's not ripped off from Ooh. a goodies episode at all honest. <laughs>
3: that explains so, so much oh my
1: god <laughs> is it Robin Yard?
0: I play I play a half halfling monk who's yes! a practitioner yes! of the yes! martial yes! art of Ecto yes! oh my god
1: yes hell yes. <laughs>
3: um you can join us again next time where we're going to be discussing Ghostlight. i am hyped um and in the meantime you can get in touch with us on twitter at polarity pod or on tumblr at polaritypod.tumblr.com you can find me personally on twitter at AimTellStories. that's a-y-m rosie's on twitter at dot sayers um naomi do you want to plug a twitter link
0: at naomi underscore uk72
3: sweet and until then, have yes. a nice week. You'd think that by this time i have a standardized no, no. outro. And until yet, then, are. keep reversing those
2: polarities. Pillows, eating rats and armadillos, till I realize non-reflection. It's natural selection.